Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag free, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over depression. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Out here in the fields, I fought for my meals. Republican elected officials are engaging in a disturbing, cynical trend of attacking vulnerable transgender kids. But Alabama's lawmakers have been put on notice by the Department of Justice that laws and policies preventing care that healthcare professionals recommend for transgender minors may violate the Constitution and federal law. <laughs> LGBTQI plus people can't be erased or forced back into any closet, and kids across our nation should be allowed to be who they are. Every major medical association agrees that gender-affirming health care for transgender kids is a best practice and potentially life-saving. I doubt it. You are fake news. I will eat your ass. Very fake news. I'll do it. You talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. I agree with that. What a stupid son of a bitch. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best And you can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christians, and I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. A, uh, A piece of surprise news to start the weekend. Four of the six men facing federal prosecution in the so-called, uh, Whitmer kidnapping fed op, uh, were not convicted at trial. Two were acquitted outright. They're free to go. There was a hung jury for the other two, but nobody was convicted in what was an obvious uh, case of politically opportunistic entrapment. Yeah. How about those faggots that pled guilty? What a bunch of pussies. <laughs> we will get to them, but I, I, I haven't. I know you read up more up on their case than I did. I'm curious because you really have to feel bad if you flipped. But then you go to prison after you flipped, presumably for leniency to rat out the other guys. You go to prison because you've you've pleaded guilty. But the other guys are acquitted or in one of the other two cases, mistrial. They might face or yeah. they're, they're going to face a new trial, apparently. But still, the people you flipped on got sentenced to six years. The, one of the guys who uh, pleaded guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the guys who flipped are in worse shape. Than the guys they flipped on. That's a bad deal. That sucks if you took that deal. It was a deep Fed operation. We'll talk. <laughs> lots and lots of uh, informants, operatives, agents. We'll uh, revisit all those facts. But I'm just shocked. I thought there was no way that the Feds were going to fail to get their guys. And yet they did. The depths did. of Fed incompetence are, are very deep. Plus, uh, you heard it there in the intro. Jen Psaki takes the White House podium and says, All you states... 
better allow gender transitions by hormones uh, and surgeries or else we're going to send who else? The Justice Department after you. It's a it's a constitutional issue because that's what the framers and the authors uh, of the 14th Amendment meant. The right to hack off kids genitals. Uh, her new nickname I'm going with Hacky Sacky. It's hack or, or Hacky Pussacky if you want to nice. be authentic. Uh, Katanji Brown Jackson is confirmed to the Supreme Court by a Senate that did not clap enough after the vote. Uh, this despite the vile abuse she received at her confirmation hearings, according to Joe Biden, vile abuse to ask her about her judicial record and philosophy. Uh, the scale of coronavirus financial fraud is becoming clearer, according to an NBC News uh, investigation. Much of your money, I'm not kidding, went to a guy named Poopy Britches. <laughs> Some of he might be in China. A lot of them were foreign operatives. The details on some of the fraudulent claims of coronavirus benefits are shocking. Supposedly, who could have predicted such things? But yes, Poopy Bridges in China has collected all your tax money. Uh, the government gave it to him for his Beijing shopping spree because they look at an application like that and they think it's legit. You should trust them whenever we encounter the next crisis. They will take care of you and Poopy Bridges. And before we get out of here. Jesse Smollett uh, has double, triple, quadrupled down on his hate hoax now that he's out of jail. He has a new song in honor of his innocence. We will take a listen to that. And tonight's movie uh, review is 12 Angry Men. So do stick around for that as well. And of course, we'll catch up with all your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. We'll get to as many as we can before 1130 p.m. Eastern. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. We have the show store up and running over there. We have shirts. We have hats. We have mugs. We have it all. Plus, we have great offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends over at uh, Phoenix Ammunition. Phoenix is still pumping out ammo as fast as they possibly can at the lowest possible prices that the market allows. As of this afternoon, Phoenix has 9mm, 45, and 223 ammunition in stock and ready to ship. That's available at phoenixammo.com. That's F-E-N-I-X, ammo.com. But perhaps by the time you hear this and you head on over to the site, some items may be out of stock. But if so, don't fret. <laughs> Just sign up for the Phoenix newsletter at the bottom of the homepage and you will get stock notifications so you can place your order as soon as the next batch becomes available. In preparation, you can also set up an account through the site with all your information preloaded so your ammunition is only one click away later. Be sure to follow Phoenix on Twitter at Phoenix Ammunition, not only for those stock notifications, but for the best memes and mockery as well. Phoenix offers listeners of this show 5% off your entire order using promo code MC listener. That's promo code MC listener at checkout for 5% off Phoenix ammunition. You can find everything you need from Phoenix plus other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener owned businesses, including charity swipes, Sonoran defense technologies, hero soap company, and more. That's at Matt slash deals deals by listeners for listeners. You have uh, an update on this meal train for your brother i do um so for those that haven't heard that skag's totally gay for my brother uh <laughs> yeah. this isn't some random thing though my brother um 
he really is responsible for my red pilling. This channel would not have ever happened without him. I remember sending him my verse, my first video and being like, well, should I publish this online? He's like, yes, that was excellent. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to get doxxed. He's like, you need to think about this, but I think you should do it. The family's behind you. And none of this red pill stuff ever would have happened without my brother, Ryan. Um, and I'm so grateful to him for that. Like, what would I be doing with my life if he wasn't like, listen, you need to get married and have kids and start this YouTube channel. My life would be totally different without him. Um, anyway, so he has two daughters. Uh, and then <clears throat> he, uh, nine months ago, eight months ago, found out that his wife was pregnant with twins. They ended up being twin boys. Um, so what happened is my brother, had, he's a physician. He had a really good job in Colorado and like a cushy life and everything like that. And he was being faced with this vaccine mandate. And he was like, listen, like I'm not – I'm not doing this. So he cashed out his real estate and he and I convinced him to move to North Idaho and he hates it here. Hates it. <laughs> he can <laughs> I be feel convinced. really bad about that. Yeah. This this meal train is his consolation. But the twins came pretty early. They're 35 weeks. They're boys, Rhodes and Conrad. They're both like five pounds. They're just little guys. They're healthy. Um, kind of off to a rough start. One one of them ended up being a breech birth. Um, but his wife, Anne is doing great and they're going to be in the NICU between the next week to a month. So right now, Ryan and Anne are going back and forth from their house to the NICU and it's been very difficult to plan meals. We got about two weeks of freezer meals, but outside of that, um, like we're really struggling. Like the family's really struggling to like get them fed and, and send them off with food and everything. So when I was pregnant with Emmeline and I gave birth to her, a church that I don't even go to set me up with this meal train. Um, <clears throat> and it was just the nicest thing that I didn't have to think about cooking. So I started one for my brother. Uh, do you have it up right now? Do you have their I don't up? actually, do you need the image up? Yeah, I do it. I do have it linked so in the description, but it's linked in the description. If you want to pull it up, uh, people can see. Um, but just a few explanations. It's it's a calendar, and you can send them um, either a meal from Grubhub or Uber Eats. Um, you email the organizer for the address, which is me, and then uh, there's a button on that, so you can email me, and I'll send you their address and any questions that you have. Um, or there is a little donate Grubhub gift card. And that sent to his email address. Anyway, all the instructions are in the meal train. But um, it would just be so helpful helpful for them, I think. Uh, and somebody just did it for us. And it was just the, it was just a lifesaver. I mean, I can't imagine going from two kids to four kids overnight, back and forth to the NICU and everything like that. And I don't know. We have such a wonderful community here. I just – I would really appreciate it if, if you guys would support my family and my brother's growing family, growing white family. <clears throat> okay. What just happened there? Just, Big time sales pitch there. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that anytime people are having lots of kids, um, it's it's just good to get the community in there. So. Yeah. All right. Well, send my regards to your brother. I will. Let's see. <clears throat> uh, another announcement here. Real quick before we hop into the news. Uh, we had a Melbourne. Uh, sorry. Melbourne. Melbourne <laughs> meetup. Uh this is the uh, Melbourne group down. Uh, they they were at a movie premiere for the movie Surrogate, which is an independent movie set to be released. Apparently, it's premiering in Australia right now, but it's going to be released in the States at a later date there. I, I guess there's some involvement by certain members of the group in the uh, with this movie. But that's all I can say. I don't want to get any. Is this a movie trouble. about Dave Rubin? No, it is not. It's no, not. A, okay. It is about, uh, I don't know, actually, the entire, I, I don't know the exact plot, but I know it's a horror movie. 
Yeah. Uh, but it is not about that situation. <clears throat> anyway. Excuse me. Mute, mute your mic when you're going to. I've been pretty good about it. Come on. <laughs> All right. God. All right. Uh, really quick to circle back on on uh, last week's news. Let me get this up. People uh, were so mad about this in the comment section. What? That we didn't recognize this as machine. Well, you did recognize it as machine gun fire. And then I rebuffed you. I was like, nah. well, no, I, I doubted that it was because that crime uh, automatic weapons crime is so rare. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can't. There's a lot of poor quality audio going on in cell phone footage. Audio That's from true, a long yeah. way. Away. I would I hesitate to conclude based on something that sounds like it to conclude it was automatic fire. Anyway. We briefly discussed this this breaking news out of Sacramento last weekend. It was breaking at the time. A mass shooting. It's since been revised by the L.A. Times and others. It's not a mass shooting because it was actually gang warfare on the streets. Very important distinction. Right, right, right. We had dismissed those rumors that that it was an automatic firearm. Um, as I mentioned, because at least for my part, because that's so uncommon. But uh, it turns out that was true. During, uh, during the week, Sacramento PD announced that they have recovered a stolen handgun modified for automatic fire. So uh, we visit. How does the, one do that? Uh, it's, I, 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 I actually would not know the installation mm-hmm. ATF. I have no idea. But there are conversion kits that apparently are available. So my understanding piecing it together is they uh, modified what is probably a Glock for automatic fire. Uh, still unclear if that was a weapon that was used actually in the shooting, but uh, the particular individual has been arrested. I put together a video on all the details uh, that was posted yesterday if you want uh, more information on that. But we will uh, visit the Department of Corrections to correct the record. We got that one wrong. <laughs> and, um, fake news. It turns out if the California Department of Corrections treated criminals seriously, that guy with the machine gun probably wouldn't have been on the streets uh, at all because he had a decades long career of crime that include beating his girlfriend's ass four years ago. That's why he was in jail and let out early, despite the pleading of the district attorney and the correct prediction that if he is released early as he was in February, he will continue to break the law. And lo and what did his girlfriend do though? She was a prostitute at his uh, organizing. I kind of feel like that's both on them. (laughs) All right. You might've seen this clip, uh, this clip. Cleep. This clip. What the hell's a clip? This clip earlier this week, but it's worth a listen if you didn't. On a few occasions, CNN's Brian Stelter has hilariously hosted and participated in various events on media misinformation, which is a bit like Ted Kaczynski hosting uh, a conference on postal postal service safety. I would say. Yeah, really. But um, at the Atlantic's disinformation and the erosion of democracy conference at the University of Chicago this week, a student asked. What everyone is thinking. Hey, Brian, how can you possibly warn about the misinformation of others when you and your network do little more than perpetuate misinformation? You've all spoken extensively about Fox News being Fox News being a purveyor of uh, disinformation. But CNN is right up there with them. They push the Russian collusion hoax. They push the Jesse Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they also smeared Nick Sandman as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. With mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the, uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative? All the mistakes of the mainstream media, and CNN in particular, 
seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence or is there something else behind it? It's too bad, it's time for lunch. <laughs> I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. But I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. All these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. And when they screw up, admit it. But when Benjamin Hall, the Fox correspondent, was wounded in Ukraine, the news crews at CNN and the New York Times stopped what they were doing and they tried to help. What? Oh. You tried to, even though I'm not sure that I believe that, but you tried to help somebody that got shot. And so I have to forgive all your lack of journalistic ethics for the last decade. What are <laughs> yeah, you talking that, that about? That erases the lies. Look, we once helped a guy. So you can disregard the history of nonsense that the, <laughs> the question asker brought up. Um, but it's it's also frustrating to hear him say, yeah, you know, when we get things wrong, we have to take responsibility. We yeah. have to be accountable when we get things wrong. Also, even though we were wrong about the laundry list of things you just mentioned, uh, that is just a right wing talking point. All of those items, just right wing narrative about CNN. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, unsurprising, I suppose. I, I'm sure the conference was a great success. Uh, did you hear this? Hear the story of the uh, the based Capitol Fox? Yeah, this is very upsetting. <laughs> At the U.S. Capitol building, there were several reports of an aggressive fox on the premises. California Democratic Congressman Ami Berra claimed that he was the victim of an unprovoked fox attack outside of the Senate on Monday night. He says the fox lunged at his leg and bit him. In fact, there were reports of nine bitings by this fox or a fox, I suppose, on Capitol Hill. Berra said he wanted the fox to be treated fairly, but we... We know how these attacks on democracy are handled. He was given the January 6th treatment was this fox. He had to pay. So Capitol Police captured and executed the fox. Why? To the test it for rabies. So cute. And Did it have rabies? The fox had rabies. And the, fem the female fox also had kits, as in three baby foxes. Emphasis on had because officials considered options for these kits, but decided that since the fox uh, had rabies because of exposure, potential exposure for the kits by the mom fox, the kits had to be executed as well. So an entire fox family has been exterminated after biting a Democratic member of Congress and potentially others. Do you think that the fox really had rabies? Oh, I... <laughs> Am I about to believe any sort of uh, federal, any Fed claim on its face? This fox is the greatest freedom fighter that we've seen in decades in this country. Yeah, really. I yeah. don't believe that the fox actually had rabies. But if it did, got to kill it. You got to old yeller that fox. What are you supposed to do? I don't know. Can't, isn't there like a rabies island we can send it to? No, who cares? It's a fucking fox. No. Who cares? It's a fox. In the context of that wretched hive of scum and villainy, I'm supposed to have sympathies elsewhere who cares about that entire hill yeah that's okay i'm, I'm with you there <laughs> but rabies is is incurable uh i'll take your word fatal. for it i don't know about the i don't know about the physiology of rabies that might it's be true. really bad really bad to get rabies all really, right really fine you it's die. bad if you members die. of congress get rabies fine no no i don't care about that all i just right. don't want it spreading to you know the bedroom communities in I washington dc well, there's probably a lot already spreading in the bedroom communities of Washington, D.C. Uh, Why didn't they you know just who, test the babies? I, I don't know. I don't know what the limitations are. They, the stories I read implied that you had to kill them to test them. I don't know if Why? that's true. They but did that, it to the mom. Yeah, I guess. 
I don't know. I'm not an expert in rabies testing, but speaking of spreading diseases throughout Washington bedroom communities, I guarantee Hunter Biden has done plenty of that. And we have a a few more pieces of information in the Hunter Biden saga this week. Yeah, kind of, I guess. Um, But okay, so the dude that got the laptop from Hunter Biden gave it to this other dude, Maxie, and he gave it to a bunch of people. He gave it to Daily Mail and some congressmen. Um, and in New York Post and some other people. But this guy has been hiding in Zurich for the last two weeks and then working with IT experts to get deleted information off of the laptop. So apparently he has recovered 450 gigabytes of deleted material, including 80,000 images. Uh, 79,999 are just Hunter Biden smoking crack with prostitutes. Hmm. Um, And then more than 120,000 archived emails. And so he's going to post them all in a searchable database like WikiLeaks. So we'll see what's in there. I'd imagine that some of it's going to be incriminating uh, about Joe Biden. I I can't imagine that there's nothing about Joe Biden in there, right? And it's just going to get lost in all the murky details, all all the gross stuff that's in there. Um. Additionally, regarding Hunter Biden's tax issues, there's been um, a grand jury investigation and a witness has been questioned about, do you remember when uh, Tony Bobulewski, there was this um, comment in one of the emails to ask Hunter or to ask um, Hunter about the big guy. I think it was like 10 held by H for the big guy. Right. In relation to um, th- their association and dealings with this, these Chinese companies. Yeah, who but is Joe the big Biden, guy? Yeah. Who's the big guy? Yeah, J- uh, Joe Biden has said a million times he's not involved. So we haven't heard what this witness said, but I'm almost positive the witness has identified Joe Biden as the big guy. So it would be nice to get this in some kind of um, you know, official format to yeah. make all of us feel a little bit less crazy. But um, I don't think anybody really cares about this is the problem. Even we'll I tried to get out of talking about this story today. <laughs> well, the only re- this isn't new information to people who have followed it. But if we actually have testimony to what people suspect about it under oath in a court of law, uh, not that I'm expecting um, criminal justice for Hunter Biden anytime soon. But, uh, you know, the, the 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 winds are blowing more in that direction than they have in recent history. And I think it's just important to keep uh, are tabs they? on this. Are I think they, they are. Really? I think they are. I'm not predicting a just outcome. I'm not predicting accountability, but seem to be some, some steam. Uh, speaking of fraud, uh, or at least what is likely fraudulent behavior on the part of Hunter Biden, he probably won't reach the scales that uh, black lives matter has achieved. And specifically the leaders of black lives matter and former leaders who uh, were living in LA, Patrice colors, Alicia Garza and Melina Abdullah, According to a report this week, they purchased a $6 million Southern California mansion, 6,500 square feet, six bedrooms, a pool, parking for more than 20 cars and more. The trio uh, actually bought the home in cash, apparently cash donated to the organization. And this purchase was made in October of 2020. But the report from New York Magazine came out Monday and gives the details. The home has appeared in videos that the group has produced. Those videos have since been scrubbed from YouTube. I tried to watch some of them this morning, uh, but it appears, uh, well, it, it looks like the group has been trying to hide that by deleting the videos and some other uh, gestures. Ownership of the home was transferred through an LLC, ensuring the property owner would not be disclosed. Patrice Cullors resigned from Black Lives Matter in May after criticism for buying three other homes in L.A. and Atlanta. 
And how is this not fraud, you may ask? Well, uh, it is, number one. But <laughs> if you ask the group how it's not fraud, they apparently refer to this home as a, quote, campus with housing and studio space where influencers can congregate. Supposedly, there is studio space inside to make music and videos and other forms of art. They claim uh, it doesn't serve as anyone's personal residence, notably. Uh, almost no new creative content has been produced in this creative space since its purchase, though, except for a couple videos that they've now taken down. And as we'll get to later, 2020 was almost certainly the most fraudulent year in the history of the country. Between the tens oh, yeah. of millions of dollars donated to Black Lives Matter to bu- to buy personal mansions like this, to the hundreds of billions of dollars in coronavirus relief money fraudulently obtained, we have created good times for crooks and con men. And this is one piece of evidence to that effect. Speaking of cons, recall uh, a month or so ago, uh, it was just before the Russia-Ukraine war. State Department spokesman Ned Price was saying at the podium that Russia was going to create a false flag as a pretense to invade Ukraine. So Russia was going to re- false flag, false flag. Yep. They were going to create a video. Uh, a fake video with fake bodies that they were going to use to justify their actions against Ukraine. And there was this tense exchange with a journalist who asked for any evidence and Ned Price could provide none. And you're right. At the time, we jokingly called that a false flag, false flag. The idea that the government was going to create falsely create a false flag and blame it on somebody else, which is a mind bending inception like tactic. But um, yeah, as always in clown world, yesterday's joke is, in fact, today's reality. U.S. intelligence officials speaking with NBC say, yeah, we did make that up, or at least it was very loosely based on maybe some flimsy evidence. And we uh, we do make more stuff like that up all the time and just release it because that is a tactic we use to mess with Putin's brain. One U.S. official telling you it doesn't even have to be solid intelligence when we talk about it. It's more important to get out ahead of them. Putin specifically, before they do something, it's preventative. Well, you know, that that may have been a little too candid uh, for some folks at the White House. Th- their yeah. message <laughs> is basically everything we say is vetted and rock solid. Remember, they talked about that false flag operation that they thought Russia was going to try to do at the start of the invasion. You know, that that never came to pass, but that may have been preempted by the U.S. releasing that information. That was based on declassified intelligence, but we're also told the intelligence wasn't very clear about what exactly was going on. And they decided to to disclose it as a way of deterring uh, Russia from doing that and putting the world on notice that this could happen. And what they're doing is they're trying to preempt the Russians, get ahead of Russian disinformation, even mess with Vladimir Putin's brain, as one person put it. How Hmm. stupid do they think we are? The headline on the story is in a break with the past, U.S. is using Intel to fight info war with Russia, even when the Intel isn't rock solid. Uh, Yes, I'm sure this is a brand new tactic. They're just now trying a break from their usual strategy. Uh, Yeah, we just discovered false flag attacks from the story before the invasion. The U.S. asserted that Russia intended to stage a false flag attack against members of Ukraine's Russian speaking population as a justification for war and that the plans in included a video featuring fake corpses. The video never materialized, but a former U.S. official said administration officials believe the strategy delayed Putin's invasion from the first week of January. 
to after the Olympics, and that delay bought the U.S. valuable time to get allies on the same page in terms of the level of the Russian threat and how to respond. What they're telling you is we lie to pursue the ends that we want under no circumstances. Should you believe anything these people say? It's not by my recommendation. That's by their own description in this story. We, We make shit up. Yeah. To pursue the ends that we are looking to achieve. Okay. I'm just bummed I didn't get to see the false flag, false flag. I wonder if they made it. I know. know. Did they make the video that they were going to blame Russia for making? Probably. Hmm. It's got to exist somewhere. (laughs) Uh, As far as the Ukraine-Russia stuff goes, as we talk about frequently, you got to be careful of paying a ton of attention to what I think are the keys of distraction. I'm not saying there's nothing worthy of discussion in Ukraine and uh, going on in Ukraine, but there's a lot worthy of discussion going on in our country. And it seems like that stuff sort of gets swept under the rug uh, because of Ukraine dominating headlines. One of which we talk about the invasion of Ukraine. We are poised to face an invasion of this country expected shortly. Yep. I did a video about this last week. You can check in on that one if you're interested in more of the details. But last week it was announced that Biden and the CDC are ending the title 42 policy at the border. Now, title 42 refers to a public health law that Trump used in March 2020 to expel illegal immigrants immediately with no opportunity to apply for asylum. The idea being that the illegal immigrants are a corona risk. Yeah. Biden has used that policy, maintained it until now. That policy is responsible for the immediate deportation of 1.7 million illegal immigrants in the two years since March 2020. On May 23rd, that policy will end. And as news of that policy change spreads uh, south of the border, the horde is assembling. That's not according to me. That's according to the Department of Homeland Security. DHS is expecting potentially 500,000 people crossing the border in the six weeks following the policy change, March uh, or May 23rd, rather. That's up to 18,000 people a day. And so Peter Ducey asks Jen Psaki about how this is going to play out. And Psaki asks him where he's even getting his numbers and his responses <laughs> from uh, you guys, the, uh, the Department of Homeland Security. When Title 42 expires next month, what is the plan for the 18,000 migrants a day that are going to cross? Do you want them to get jobs here? Is there something else that you want these 18,000 a day to be doing? I don't know where you're basing your specific numbers on, Peter, but what I would tell you... uh, I've got it right here. Earlier this week, the department gave reporters an estimate that up to 18,000 migrants could be apprehended at the border each day if Title 42 were... Well, up up too, and we'll see what happens. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. I don't know where you're getting those numbers. For oh yeah, you. those those numbers are completely legitimate. Yeah. Top in. Yeah. Yep. God. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but I did want to mention it quickly. Uh, an even more ridiculous immigration story. Uh, headline out of L.A. A California bill will allow non-citizens to become police officers. It was speculated that California was How going to... How could that possibly go wrong? It was speculated they were going to allow illegal immigrants to become police officers, and I, I still will not be surprised to see that happen. Yeah. Um, but existing law in California requires citizenship to, re- to serve on the California Highway Patrol. This bill would remove that provision. And the, the, removing that provision does not make any distinction between lawful non-citizen residents 
and illegal immigrants. There would just be no mention of it in the law. The author of the bill is saying, well, it's illegal under federal law to hire illegal immigrants to do this kind of work. Right. I'm supposed to trust California to enforce federal immigration law. I'm sure that's going to work out well. Yeah. But just wait until the illegals are in charge of arresting the illegals in California. We're like an inch away from that. I like it. I like it. Let's do it. Let's bring this thing down. Finally, this is just like having a mercenary army coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lastly, uh, get ready for the uh, Joe's gun control plan coming out tomorrow, or at least additional gun control plans. David Hogg tweeted yesterday, yesterday night, that he, he's going to be at the White House with other activists on Monday for a presidential announcement on actions to reduce gun violence. David claims he's been working on this for months, and we all know how well the last thing he worked on for months went. He almost made one pillow, not quite, but he did make a shitty website that is still up. You can visit it. (laughs) It's still up? Oh, yeah. And it's self-congratulatory. It says, nobody thought it could be done. Nobody said we could achieve this. We made an entry-level basic website, a splash page. Well done. Uh, Biden is expected to announce a crackdown on so-called ghost guns. These are uh, gun kits that that uh, end the end user assembles. So it's always been legal to manufacture your own guns for your own use. Uh, but they'll try to do what they tried to do with uh, bump stocks and other items. They'll try to redefine them legally. They'll try to say that this part is actually a gun and therefore it has all sorts of requirements, serial numbers, background checks to buy even though just it prohibitive is prohibitive requirements that will make sure that nobody actually goes through the effort. Well, it would just, it would erase. You could still go through the effort, I suppose, but it erases the point. The whole point to building your own gun is that you can do that. You can do that without going through the process. You're entitled to that. When they start saying that pieces of guns are guns, you can't even go through the, you can't even manufacture your own without their oversight, man. And that's Nicholas Cruz. He just he got the wrong kids, you know. <laughs> well, David, David Hogg wasn't there. I know uh, he was way, on his bike miles away. Yeah. By the way, um, Nicholas Cruz, uh, he there's jury selection going on for his sentencing. Just uh, now? Yeah, he he's pleading guilty, I believe. But his sentencing, the jury will decide his sentencing and there's jury selection going on for that. So they, they'll try to they'll do what they usually they'll just. From the executive branch, they'll announce a redefining of existing law to say that certain things are guns now, even though they weren't yesterday. That's what they'll do. And uh, without evidence that uh, when they talk about ghost guns, I'll tell you what, uh, and they talk about crime, what they're what they're talking about is uh, guns in Chicago that have had the serial numbers filed Filed off. off. That's that's really what you're talking about. And they say that, oh, these are used in crime so much. Are they are they actually the parts kits that are put together, or is it just uh, guns that have been trafficked throughout many hands yeah. that have had the serials yep. filed off? And are you ever really going to stop the filing off of serial numbers? Good luck. Okay, let's get to the uh, big news of the weekend, which is the, um, well, a partial for four guys involved in this particular federal case. Two of them acquitted outright. Two of them, the jury, it was a hung jury for them. So they, the judge declared a mistrial and they will face a new trial apparently. But this of course is related to the uh, so-called kidnapping plot against Gretchen Whitmer busted up in the fall of 2020. 
This was such great news this week. Well, I described it at the top of the show as kind of a shocking turn of events. I say shocking not because it isn't right. I believe that it is based on my understanding of the facts, but because I never expected the FBI to lose. And yeah, me neither. Yeah. As far as I can tell, not one of the Michigan militia members accused of plotting to kidnap uh, Whitmer has been convicted on a single charge other than the guys who flipped. Yeah. Yep. Nobody has gone to trial and been convicted yet, unless I'm missing something. But two defendants, Daniel Harris and Brandon Caserta, uh, were both acquitted outright, found found not guilty on all charges. For two other defendants, Adam Fox and Barry Croft, jurors could not reach a verdict, and so the judge declared a mistrial. The charges were... Uh, Conspiracy to commit the plot and then weapons charges related to explosives, the explosives they were trying to obtain. One of the men who was acquitted, uh, I think it was Harris, also had a, a, a an illegal short barrel rifle charge that he's been acquitted on now. So that was the other weapons charge. But uh, recall these explosives. That was when they were in the car driven by a fed to go get the explosives from a fed when the whole thing was busted up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and this was October. This was October 2020. So uh, and and then the um, the other interesting thing here, Fox, he's the guy on the the he's the guy third from the left or second from the right. The guy with the shorter beard uh, in your frame there. He was actually recruited into the group by Dan, the Fed, the guy who was the, the federal informant for months on end and the guy um, recruiting people and then buying all sorts of gifts and trips and hotel stays. So one of their one of the worst members of the group, as far as the federal government is concerned, was recruited into the group by the federal informant. Yeah. At the encouragement of the FBI. I love that. The, so, the jury was like, no, they orchestrated every. Aspect yeah. Do of you this. there this? Um, let me grab the story here. I forgot to put it in my notes, but um, BuzzFeed was on a uh, BuzzFeed of all people was on top of this last summer with a lengthy piece. And if you're interested in the story, you can go revisit. But this broke down all of the Fed involvement <clears throat> from the inception. Do you just have a summary of, of how this how this went? It's not a short summary. Yeah, I don't know. I think but, that this is really important because Feds are infiltrating. I know people that are on YouTube that have had Feds infiltrate their groups. And so I think people need to to really listen to strangers around them that are trying to encourage them to join any kind of militia or to do anything like that. You know, maybe my mom is right. There are just feds everywhere. Everyone's yeah. a fed. Um, so this Iraq war veteran in the group, uh, this was in, the, they're not, not their telegram group, but they were in some sort of group chat. He said, everybody down with what's going on. And then somebody else said, if you're not down with the thought of kidnapping, don't sit here. I don't know how anybody fell for this. Um, so the FBI, of course, had been following all of this. And then for six months, this Iraq war vet, even wearing a wire, he had been gathering hundreds of hours of recording. He obviously wasn't the only one. There was this biker who traveled from Wisconsin to join the group. He was an informant. Yeah. And then um, the man who'd advised them on where to put the explosive uh, explosives, he was an informant. Uh, he was, he was an undercover FBI agent actually. Um, and so was a man in one of the other cars who said very little. He said almost nothing. He went by the name Mark. So there were at least 12 confidential informants who assisted this investigation. It was a huge investigation. And then they they even – I can't believe BuzzFeed covered this, but um, some of the informants played a far larger role than was reported by any other news outlet. 
rather than BuzzFeed, here we are. Um, and they did more than just passively observe and report on, on the actions of the other suspects. They they had a hand in every single part of this, including its inception. So this was dreamt by the FBI. Um, and in the extent of their involvement, I mean, their hands were in every single part of the planning and execution of this. If you read the full story from BuzzFeed too, the, the FBI's involvement over the months from the spring to the fall of 2020 caused several of the original members to quit because they thought yeah. it was getting too ridiculous, too ridiculous. And yeah. to fill the numbers that Dan, the fed, this Iraq war veteran who had been the, the leading federal informant had been recruiting new members like Adam Fox to, to make yeah. up for the numbers that they were losing because of their own fed extremism over time. Oh, uh, Dan, the fed is this Iraq war veteran. Yes. Okay. The, yeah. Dan, okay. the fed is the main fed informant who is main kind of, fed. Yeah, and and you read through the story. They they paid for them to travel to conferences and mm-hmm. to travel to to do all these trainings, and they 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 led them on scouting missions to go surveil Gretchen Whitmer's property and all this. Uh, you I, and then the thing uh, uh, in this story too. I see you have in the notes. Um, I know Dan the Fed made something like fifty thousand dollars in cash uh, in compensation in cash and other. Uh, like cars and things that oh, he was yeah. given. This he basically was so had a full time job with full-time the FBI job, yeah. for just doing their bidding. So this is in the BuzzFeed article too. This is just so shocking to me. Between 2012 and 2018, the FBI spent an average of 42 million dollars a year. Yeah. On payments to confidential informants, which it officially calls confidential human sources, and this is from an audit from uh, the Justice Department's Inspector General. So we know yeah. it's true. So they're paying Dan the Fed, who's you know this Iraq War vet. I gather something of a younger guy. They're offering him all sorts of incentives to work for them. He in turn takes all that money and offers incentives to these would be terrorists. He's grooming and takes them on all sorts of trips as a, not just as a matter of ideology. It's, it's questionable there. Would this, would something like this plot have happened were it not for the idea planting of the FBI, but just as a matter of resources, Just the tens of thousands of dollars that were poured into this to create it anyway. You read through the plot that happened on the day they were all busted. Again, it's Dan the Fed driving a van with a few of these guys uh, and another undercover agent in the van. And they're going to meet their explosive supplier, who is also uh, a Fed. I forget if he's an informant or an undercover agent, but he's a Fed operative. And right. they're supposed to pay this guy $4,000 for the explosives. They show up and b- among all the alleged terrorists that we busted up, they had something like 200 or $300 among them. So they had this right. whole plan to bring four, four grand to buy C4. And yet they show up and nobody even has the money. And then they all get arrested and the rest is history. But uh, as far as the, the jury's <laughs> deliberation and the decision, the jury was six men and six women. And, um, uh, and, and they deliberated starting Monday and they ended on Friday. Now, because Harris and Caserta were acquitted, they walked free. Fox and Croft remain in custody because the hung jury means their cases remain unresolved. Yeah. Noticeably absent from this CBS coverage is the word entrapment. But that was <laughs> the case of the defense team that all four men were party to a plot that was designed and enacted by feds. And were it not for the feds, none of this would have happened. Now, Harris and Fox were in the Fed van at the time of the explosives pickup and were arrested. Caserta was arrested elsewhere the same evening. Croft wasn't even in the same state. He was in New Jersey, but was arrested nonetheless. Now, it's undisputed, obviously, that the supposed 
explosives pickup and by extension, the kidnapping plot was enacted. Mm. So if the jury accepts that it was happening and these men don't dispute being there, which they don't, how does the jury reach a not guilty uh, verdict or inconclusive in the case of the hung jury? Uh, because it was entrapment. Yet you won't see that in this story at all. You won't see all. that word, yeah. Did you lawyer, see it in any of your research? Some did. Some, just not this CBS one. But okay. you you have to understand that is the jury's reasoning. It's the only reasoning by which right. they could reach this not guilty uh, verdict. Caserta's lawyer said outside the courthouse, what the FBI did was unconscionable. To me, this was a signal, a rogue FBI agent trying to line his own pockets with his own cybersecurity company, pushing a conspiracy that just never was, never was going to be. Our governor was never in any danger. And I think the jury, they didn't get all of it, but they smelled enough of it. And that's another interesting angle. Uh, As I'll get to in a minute. The, the the exonerating evidence was not even fully presented. It sounded like the prosecutors really had their way as far as what evidence was admissible and right. what evidence was excluded. But um, as I mentioned, Fox uh, remains in custody. But just a reminder on that, one of the guys who uh, the, the jury could not reach a decision on, Adam Fox, he's the guy that Dan the Fed recruited into the group. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, this is so the, absurd. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Grand Rapids says they intend to uh, retry Fox and Croft. So they're still in custody and uh, I guess we'll face a new trial. Now, I was curious what happened to the others, because, of course, there were in total, there were 14, to, uh, 14 charged. Six were charged federally, eight charged uh, in this in state with state charges. The state cases, as far as I can tell, remain ongoing. This in this federal case. Two others have already pleaded guilty. As far as I can tell, the guilty pleas are the only convictions secured in any of the cases so far. Yeah. So what what actually happened with these guys who pleaded guilty? Do you know if their cases were different or why they would do this? Was it just trying to get ahead of it? <clears throat> well, I think that they were more susceptible to the threats um, from the FBI that they were going to get the book thrown at them. So the only two people that pled guilty were Ty Garbin and Caleb Franks. And Garbin was the one that drove to to surveil Whitmer's house. Okay. And then he agreed to uh, cooperate with the Justice Department. Rat bitch. <laughs> and then um, this other guy, Caleb Franks, he picked up a gun charge this April and he flipped. So Garb okay. was sentenced to, or Garbin was sentenced to over six years in prison on Wednesday. And then he made this groveling apology to Whitmer about how he scared her and she must have been so frightened and blah, fucking blah, whatever. Wait, that wasn't Um, this Wednesday, was it? Wasn't that previously? uh, This was that was from the CBS article, actually. Oh, maybe it was more recent. In any case, it doesn't matter. Excuse me. Uh, Caleb Franks, he pled guilty in February, said he had lied to the FBI because he feared going to jail. And then he made some statement about how he was trying to commit suicide by cop. Um, and then he agreed to cooperate with prosecutors with the hope that he would get a lighter sentence in June. So I assume his sentencing is in June. Hmm. Um, the difference between these cases and the previous cases, these guys bailed. I mean, they both look like huge pussies. Did you see their pictures? <laughs> I don't have them handy, <clears throat> uh, I, unfortunately. They were like, oh, no, the FBI is going to come after me and blah, 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 blah. And everybody else just stood strong. And now they're fine. As we were talking about at the top of the show. <laughs> 
the uh, the great irony of flipping for leniency, but then ending up with a drastically know, worse outcome than the guys you flipped on. Yeah. Not a good play. However, if you're dealing with the feds, I get it. I, if I was predicting how this was going to go, I didn't think that <clears throat> they, that the feds would get none of their guys except for the ones who admit their guilt. But uh, yeah. OK, Whitmer's office has responded as well. She released a statement. She said what? The plot to kidnap and kill a governor may seem like an anomaly. Is it an anomaly in this day and age? Like, it's more shocking that this wasn't a true kidnapping and murder for hire plot um, (laughs) with the way she's behaved. But we must be honest about what it really is, the result of a violent, divisive rhetoric that is all too common across our country. There must be accountability and consequences for those who commit heinous crimes. Without accountability, extremists will be emboldened. You know who's the, the extremist? She is. What about accountability for women in government that shouldn't be, that put us through these COVID restrictions, that destroyed families and incomes and uh, the ability of children to recognize facial expressions? This fucking bitch. Yeah. Tell me more uh, about extremism. Lady who aggressively prosecuted a small town old man barber for the great crime of cutting hair against your decree. I know. know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but they just stick with this narrative. Biden and the rest of them are doing the same thing. Well, we got it. We got to hold extremism accountable. No, that's the point. You made the extremism. And I don't mean you just inspired it through your own extremism. I mean, you literally manufactured the extremism where it didn't exist without your direct involvement. That was the conclusion of the jury. Right. But would if this were an organic process, would it even be classified as extremist, I would I would classify it as reactionary. I don't think that this th- these people in the light that they were painted in, which isn't even true, in the absence of uh, FBI involvement, even committed some kind of, of heinous, treasonous crime. Well, Who I guess I guess committing treason, Whitmer, people I, in the yeah, federal government. I guess the point that you're making <clears throat> is by by this definition, or at least we approach a situation in which the uh, American patriots of the revolutionary era would have been called extremists by the same reasoning. Uh, Standing up for their rights against a a tyrannical overreach. And I I mentioned that um, a lot of the uh, relevant evidence wasn't even included. So, again, BuzzFeed doing great reporting on this. This is from a little while, a few weeks ago. But what did you just say? I know I I can't believe it. But but this particular reporter at BuzzFeed has actually done a good job. And and to the extent that we enjoy ripping on these publications uh, when they do good work, it's worthy of praise, too. Uh, prosecutors in these cases went to extraordinary lengths to exclude evidence from the trial, which the judge largely granted. The excluded evidence included pieces of the government's own secret recordings that cast doubt on the sincerity of the plot. I don't know how that's not a Brady violation. I haven't heard. I I read that to mean that there are pieces of the government's own audio recordings that basically say this is not a serious plot, that this is that, that would cast doubt on the case that the prosecutors are presenting and therefore, uh, imply or support the case for innocence. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I'm not a, an expert on, you know, the, the process of all of this, but I was of the understanding that it, prosecutors are not allowed to withhold exonerating evidence. But that appeared that if this BuzzFeed reporter is correct, it sounds like something close to that happened. But it wasn't just the audio recordings. Um, they also excluded the fact that one of the lead FBI agents on the case perjured himself previously. They also excluded excluded the fact that uh, a private security business owned by another lead agent on the case presented a conflict of interest. I haven't even read into that detail. I don't know much about that one. Prosecutors also refused to turn over information on confidential FBI informants used, uh, which apparently were many. 
In other words, the prosecutors were able to bring just about everything and the defense was shut out of many things and the prosecution still could not get the convictions, which tells you just how flimsy this entire case was. And revisiting some of the narratives of the past don't and just where this this case fits, because it's not just a broad lie to uh, malign the political opposition, uh, Whitmer and Biden's political opposition. The timing. I, I always love talking about the timing, but in this case, yeah. it's absolutely the timing. When when was it busted up? October 2020. Are we supposed to believe that the mm. militia terrorists just thought, hey, October 2020 is a great time to right. finally realize our ambitions? No, it was busted up because political forces within the FBI wanted a political narrative at that time. They wanted the October surprise, and that's exactly what they got. Recall, it was used by, uh, to create this narrative of extremism and white supremacism, which Biden mentioned. There was no evidence of a racial element here that I'm aware of. But the day after the arrests in October 2020, Joe Biden used the story to say, also without evidence, that Trump had inspired this event. White supremacist and these militias are a genuine threat. I'm going to compliment the FBI and the police agencies for what they did and how they stepped up. But look, the words of a president matter. They can cause a nation to have the market rise or fall, go to war, bring peace, but they can also breathe oxygen into those who are filled with hate and danger. The president has to realize the words he utters matter. He went on to say that they're very good people on both sides again. Come on. Okay, the Charlottesville link. First of all, that claim about Charlottesville is a lie. Second of all, what yeah. the hell is the link to Charlottesville with yeah, this yeah, case? Yeah, tell me more. Yeah. Just keeps layering and layering the lies, all of them unsubstantiated, while telling us, you know, a president's words really matter. President's words can change a lot of things. I look forward to Biden owning up for the integrity of a president's words to acknowledge that was all lies. Yeah. We're going to talk about how these lies <clears throat> matter, how they effect negative outcomes no of course not no I, I i actually did not look i don't know if biden has issued a formal statement on this yet but uh, it might be out there last thing i wanted to mention uh just a, another note to remember there are all kinds of subtleties i don't want to forget about this case and how important it is at the time of this uh of the arrests again october 2020 a guy named Stephen uh day dn D'Antono, D'Antuono, I don't know how to pronounce this, but Stephen was the chief of the FBI's Detroit office. Immediately after the arrests in the kidnapping plot, he was promoted to run the Washington field office of the FBI, where he then became, guess what, one uh. of the lead agents on the January 6th cases. Awesome. Wow. I wonder... Uh, I'm sure he became much more honest as soon as he got to Washington, D.C. to conduct January 6th investigations right after he finished the not at all right after he finished not at all organizing the Gretchen Whitmer <sighs> plot. And just the last note that I want to consider, I'm asking this sort of rhetorically. I, I know the answer, but just things to think about so we don't lose all the uh, subtleties in this case. If entrapment is a successful defense, as it was in this case are the fbi entrappers going to be prosecuted 
Entrapment is another way of saying what? It's it's a way of saying that crimes were committed, but they wouldn't have been were it not for the actions of law enforcement creating them. So if crimes happened and law enforcement created them, it follows that we should hold law enforcement accountable for their crimes. Right. But I I will not be holding my breath for those charges. Dan the Fed isn't even technically law enforcement. He's just a paid FBI operative, but he's not he's not an FBI agent. You know, he's just a guy right. who agreed to help them. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it, if he if the jury agrees that that's the guy, among others, who orchestrated this entire thing? Why isn't he facing charges for the organization of the plot? Well, you know why? Well, I guess so. But. Yeah, well, I'll just be sitting here waiting for FBI accountability as I wither into a skeleton. But one day, one day, one day, nothing. No, Uh, never going to happen. Never going to happen. Anything else you have to say about the uh, the old Whitmer plot? I just cannot believe that they were acquitted. That Hmm. makes me somewhat hopeful. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Hunter Biden next. Yeah, it's coming. We'll see. We are uh, next up. I want to talk. Jen Psaki promising to sick the DOJ on all you people who refuse to hack up children's genitals. Uh, Yikes. But Um, before we get to that, yeah, let's let's take a break and uh, catch up with some super chats. Let's Mm. see. We're going to D live. Thank you guys over there. If you're good on YouTube, go for it. Otherwise, I'll check. uh, Nicholas H. Blonde. How do you feel about all of these black, white nationalists spray painting swastikas everywhere and helping to build the most diverse white power coalition of America's (laughs) history? We've got some, uh, actually every week it's the same hoax hate in, uh, that we talk about. Like, didn't we do, do almost two identical hoax hate cases last month? Oh, there were, there have been a series of these, uh, like pencil N words on high school walls lately, but you know, this week I was doing my, you know, most of the time hoax hates people just send me. And then sometimes I will scan the news, see if there are any out there this week. I scanned the news and I really didn't see much until who came in to bail out the segment because the segment has to be sustained. Jussie Smollett Smollett with his new song. We'll get to that later. Otherwise it might've been one of those rare weeks where the sounder doesn't play. There is no hoax hate and we have to wait until a future week. I mean, every time we have a hoax hate, we know that, that these people are still being incentivized socially or culturally or what financially to do, to do this. How is that even possible that they still have an incentive to do this? Well, because uh, there are all sorts there's social credit and literal financial credit. You know, it's kind of joking in a rough economy where inflation has run rampant. Uh, perhaps the best method to uh, maintain your fortune is to do what those Black Lives Matter activists did uh, in 2020. Just set up a generic fraudulent Black Lives Matter fundraiser, cash in and live the rest of your life on vacation. Mm-hmm. I'm on it. My brother didn't even actually just have twins. I'm just going <laughs> to take all this money for the meal. Train. I see. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, but I mean, how could people do that and feel okay about it though? It it does seem like it would be very, as cool as that mansion might be. If you know that you have it because you defrauded people. Well, they probably think it's reparations. Something like, I'm sure you rationalize it in some way. Daniel Kunkel, the, uh, there's reports of Russian troops getting radiation sickness at the site of Chernobyl from digging foxholes in the contaminated soil. Seems wow. like something out of the Babylon Bee, but apparently true. I don't know. Chernobyl's fine. It's fine. That would be um, unwise to go digging in the soil there, though. Yeah, but those two guys that uh, s- swam under the radioactive water lived deep into the their 80s. 
Uh, this was at the time of the actual meltdown. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. I just love the HBO show, but the real history of it, I haven't read uh, read that much about. Where did I? My, this keeps reloading. I'm very sorry. I bought PN. No note. Thank you, sir or ma'am. Holden Mulray. Hi. Um, conflation topic of the day. Science. There are many natural and applied sciences that range in degrees of rigor and certainty. Math, physics, chemistry, biology, social sciences, and other soft sciences. That is so true. Like when you look at a study, a case study is worthless compared to like a, a meta study, but they're both science, right? Um, that's true, Holden. Uh, he also said, I wince a bit when folks use the phrase the science. It's like saying I'm on the Twitter. Love you guys. Have a great day <laughs> and God bless. God Something bless you similar. Too. Thank you, Holden. And I owe iBot. I am not going to be niggardly. Thank you. <laughs> Marshall Francis says, I wanted to clarify on Wednesday, but wasn't able to watch them, so I will now. Blonde, you do realize modern-day conversion therapy as a practice doesn't involve electrocution, right? Um, I They do electroshock therapy sometimes, um, but conversion therapy, I think it's it's different kinds of, like, aversion therapy. They hmm. used to make you look at, like, gay porn and then give you Ipecac or something like that. So you'd hmm. throw up every time you'd see it. Weird. Okay. <laughs> that's that's kind of counterintuitive. Now, look at all this gay porn to get rid Vomit. of the gay attraction. I don't know. Aversion therapy hmm. works, supposedly. Um, Zach Coggins, my baby Mink is two weeks old already. Every time I hold him, I'm almost in tears over how perfect he is. I never thought it would be uh, cool with being covered in pee and poop since the last time. Matt and I made love. That was so sweet. <laughs> and I didn't even see that coming. Oh, man. Uh, well, thank you for that. And all the best to your family. <laughs> Gay. And, Gay. Uh, as far as, uh, enjoying, uh, enjoying fatherhood, I'm sure you don't need me to tell you, but uh, the, the stages are so fast that you need to take time to enjoy every moment of, um, of that newborn time and into infancy because a lot of time they wake up tomorrow with a new skill or a new trait or a new thing and yesterday's version of them is gone very, very quickly. So uh, enjoy those moments. Yeah. Emmeline walked into a room filled with people yesterday and she goes, hi guys. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even teach her that. It's yeah. It's, it's those little things or even just like being able to hold his own bottle kind of stuff. All of a sudden you can just do that or just being able to sit up. All of a sudden you can do that. You know, it happens so fast. Yeah. Um, last one for right now, Logan Orr got jumped by four joggers trying to rob me. Thank God I had my gun. Ooh, seriously. Spicy. That's a real story. That's what he said. Well, Godspeed, man. Uh, yeah, I hope everything is, uh, I hope everything's as, as good as it can be. Yeah, really? Let's see over on, um, tippy stream. Phil says it's not complicated. These people are evil and they want to diddle your kids. The cucks that want to moderate the tone need to be tossed out, uh, into the darkness. No quarter for surrender monkeys, which is not a slur. Surrender monkeys is just fine. That was a <laughs> Simpsons term for French people. Surrender monkeys. This need uh, uh, this needs to be treated as the war that it is, not a game. Phil says BLM leaders buying houses in a, in majority white neighborhoods is the least surprising thing about BLM. Black leaders always use. Oh, Phil's entering dicey territory here. Uh, <laughs> okay. He's saying that these uh, particular activists used, uh, well, they used uh, their pawns as a tool to get um, to get uh, the the wealthy people with whom they now reside uh, to give them money too, 
we need to quit trying to save uh, uh, these activist types. These activist types. <laughs> you these didn't even say anything. These particular, <laughs> that, that sounded more like a Kamala Harris quote than Phil's chat. Yeah, That's really. true. I'm doing my best, Phil. Um, but yeah, it, it, it there is, um, there's a lot of irony there. And it, beyond just the fraud itself, it's like, yeah. Uh, the whole point is supposedly to take this money to improve the places that need it. And what do you do? You use it for selfish reasons to move to a place that is one of the wealthiest in the entire world, uh, far away from all the problems that you claim you intend to fix. Yeah. Well done. Phil says border issues could be fixed in an afternoon. If the Texas state government would treat federal agents holding the gates open as criminals and start a bounty program for the, uh, for the uh, uh, arrests of illegals catapults are now the moderate position phil's calling for scalps <laughs> but i don't know that's uh that's an outdated form of justice phil come on i didn't know they actually do that though is that true that federal agents hold the gates open i wouldn't yeah. be surprised yeah. to learn that that's literally true as opposed to uh, an exaggeration or a, a symbol anyway uh okay we will come back to your chats uh, at the end of the show thank you guys for um that. i'll have to just circle back with you and we will get back into the news. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll start with, uh, as we're now calling her Hacky Sacky, uh, because to Jen, it is apparently a constitutional right of vital importance to cut off kids' sex organs, to Yikes. make them healthy. Uh, Jen Sacky took her podium Thursday in a prepared statement. I want to emphasize at some level, I sympathize with the job of having to stand up there and just be a propagandist and be put. It would suck. Yeah. And having to answer questions on the spot. All right. There's not a person among us who would do that job perfectly. That said, that's not what this is. This is her going to the podium with a prepared written statement. Not responding to a question from a reporter, not being put on the spot. This is something that they thought about ahead of time. They want to condemn states that are passing laws to restrict or criminalize gender transition procedures, including hormones and surgery for children, calling those things medically necessary and life saving. She announced that the Justice Department is going to go after these states for their violations of the Constitution oh, and Lord. federal law. Republican elected officials are engaging in a disturbing, cynical trend of attacking vulnerable transgender kids for purely partisan political reasons. Today in Alabama, instead of focusing on critical kitchen table issues like the economy, COVID, or addressing the country's mental health crisis, Republican lawmakers are currently debating legislation that, among many things, would target trans use with tactics that threatens to put pediatricians in prison if they provide medically necessary, life-saving health care for the kids they serve. But Alabama's lawmakers and other legislators who are contemplating these discriminatory bills have been put on notice by the Department of Justice and the Department of Health and Human Services that laws and policies preventing care that health care professionals recommend for transgender minors may violate the Constitution and federal law. To be clear, every major medical association agrees that gender-affirming health care for transgender kids is a best practice and potentially life-saving. LGBTQI plus people can't be erased or forced back into any closets and kids across our nation should be allowed to be who they are without the threat that their parents or their doctor could be imprisoned simply for helping them and loving them. This is not life-saving and this isn't who they are. This is who you've propagandized them to become. 
I there's so many so many thoughts on that. Absolute insanity, obviously, but uh, the subtle point, uh, the Breitbart headline here gets it too. Uh, how is protecting children from the, this predation not a kitchen table issue? Oh, yeah. Alabama lawmakers are distracted. They don't talk about kitchen table issues like the economy and uh, coronavirus. Yeah, you mean the things that you wrecked, like the economy exactly, and yeah. coronavirus. But the protection of your... I don't think it gets much more kitchen table than the protection of your children. And the non-indoctrination into this gender insanity uh, and, and the, the permanent alteration of their bodies surgically or chemically to do that. But, but second, um, well, the, the medical establishment all agrees. Well, number one, as though they get the final word and not lawmakers. But number two, as though the medical establishment is automatically trustworthy and couldn't be corrupted. Did you not see the last two years? Yeah, just gonna exactly. Say, the medical establishment agrees. Okay. Third, uh, as though permanently altering a kid with blades or, or chemicals is an act of love. Right. It is not. It's not an act of love. They it's medically it's medically necessary. It's it's absolute medical necessity. OK, uh, well, uh, let's you show me the long term studies that show that that we have positive outcomes through the uh, alteration of our children in this way and, and get back to me in 20, 30 years once the freak show that you've cultivated is into their advanced uh, adult years and we'll see just how healthy they actually are. But fourth, and I actually think this is um, in ways the most important, not that the protection of your children and the defeating of this insane gender ideology isn't important, but what's what's crucially important also is the structure of our country. Even if you think that these interventions help kids, okay, you're entitled to that opinion, I suppose. Um, but But the rest of this is an abuse of our political system. So the federal government doesn't get to just cram down their, their right. view of what is best for kids on states and parents. See amendment 10, the powers not delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states and to the people. If they don't like it as in the federal government tough, it's not their call to make. They can move to Alabama and run for office because it is the Alabama legislature and the Alabama governor that makes these decisions. Even if you think the decision is unwise, even if you think it's bad, it is not Jen Psaki, the Department of Justice, Joe Biden. That is this is absolutely not their decision to make. And by the way, I would say that the, the other way around too. California is going to do some bizarre things. And I understand those are morally abhorrent, bizarre things. But as soon as we start creating the precedent that we're just going to send in the stormtroopers from Washington, D.C., anytime we disagree with a decision, it, it might be more. Don't get me wrong. It can be the morally correct thing to do. Sometimes the point is, though, you are erasing the premise that sustains peace in this country. You are creating inevitable war. Yeah. When you say that we, the feds, are going to come tell you how to parent your children. Good luck maintaining the peace under that premise. Community property. Uh, yeah, I mean, some people obviously will go along with it, the kind of people that would allow the public schools to help their kids transition. But uh, the majority of good, hardworking folk and Christian minorities are not going to tolerate this at all. I can't imagine this is going to be extremely politically popular. It's a bizarre fight to, to pick, I think. The other point I wanted to mention is um, this is why it's so crucially important to um, – to get real on, on, on decisions like Roe versus Wade and the concepts of substantive due process and the penumbras 
of implicit liberty in the 14th Amendment, even when you remove all of that from the abortion context in which it's most commonly cited, once we've granted the premise that the 14th Amendment has all of these bizarre implied liberties, not explicitly right. stated, it becomes what? It becomes a license to make up whatever ridiculous right into the Constitution inserted in there that, that you want. It's a license to say, yeah, um, a doctor's right to chop the dick off a child is clearly what the authors of the 14th Amendment intended. Intended, right. That This is how we get there, by saying, oh, it's a living document that adapts to the times, and clearly, <laughs> clearly, when they talked about due process in the 14th Amendment, they meant you have a constitutional right to chop off kids' genitals. Yep. So that's why that in addition to the to the morality of abortion, that's why it's so crucial to stand up against these against these uh, Supreme Court decisions that are wild overreaches as well, because you set the precedent for this kind of nonsense. Alabama lawmakers, at least some of them have responded in much the same way that we're talking about. Uh, State Rep Scott Stadhagen, who is, I think, one of the sponsors of the bill in the House in Alabama, said, quote, the Tenth Amendment is clear on the role of the federal government as opposed to the state government. The federal government has no constitutionally defined role in this matter so the biden administration should stay in their lane and fix the messes they have caused at our border instead of focusing on legitimately passed bills in alabama and at some level i've buried the lead because we've talked about their the 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 white house's response to this alabama bill without talking about what's actually in it the governor signed it on friday so it will become law but what is so horrible that the justice department is going to be going after alabama now yeah, I mean, the long and short of it is that it makes it a, a felony for medical professionals to provide any kind of gen, gender-affirming medical care for people what, under 19. What a great euphemism. Gender-affirming yeah. Affirming, care. right. Let me affirm that dick by chopping it off. Yeah, I know, for real. Um, <laughs> it's really specific, though, and I, I read the whole bill, and I, I appreciate the specific language it used. Huh. Uh, so it says, no person shall engage in any cause uh, or or cause any of the following. It says nine practices, but they were all related to prescribing hormones or sex change therapy in any regard. Okay. So um, if, a, if a health provider does this, health provider prosecute. Is that the premise? Class C felony. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also in uh, one of the later subsections of the bill, um, this is also a class C felony uh, in section 19. No nurse, counselor, teacher or principal or other administrative official at a public or private school attended by a minor shall do any of the following encourage or coerce encourage or coerce a minor to withhold from the minor's parents or legal guardian the fact that the minor's perception of his or her gender is inconsistent with the minor's sex so they can't be like you don't have to tell your parents about this gotcha. if they do that it's a felony <laughs> okay good great uh well I, yeah it's the counter argument, I suppose, is don't people have the right to um, to their own medical freedom, to their own medical procedures? As a general rule, I would agree. Yes. But again, in this context, we're talking about whom? We're talking about minors under the age of 18. Yeah. Or in this law, I guess, under the age of 19. But if we accept the premise that generally those people cannot consent to all sorts of behaviors, practices, alterations, however you want to characterize it. If we were to go with this premise that 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 I suppose children have some sort of right to these services, well, how do we justify bans on children from all sorts of things like alcohol, right. voting? Yeah. All of those would seemingly be out the window by the same principle. Exactly. So, 
we, we have come a long way. I mean, again, this all starts with, listen, be a weirdo adult if you want. I don't care. That was the original premise, yeah. which I'll still defend. But man, man, how fast that goes to you have to let us chop up the kids, too. That's exactly, a constitutional exactly. right. And this whole concept that this is a life-saving surgery is preposterous. Encouraging children to um, have a discordant view of, of their gender. Uh, that is what is creating this high suicide risk and them extrapolating that uh, to children that aren't getting the, the medical care that they need is, is asinine. I mean, it's just a lie and they're using the science to support this as how they've propagandized these as, kids. As far as I've seen, the high suicide uh, rate that exists among gender confused children slash adults, uh, people who get these procedures, the high suicide rate, uh, suicidality being either the ideation or the attempt or even the success yeah. that that doesn't really change much that that actually persists through all of these so-called uh, life-saving medical interventions and and i'm as with anything else i i am open to the evidence if it can be presented to me but this is another area it's sort of like the um we talk about it all the time with the gay adoption issue and other th- there are certain things that are just not studyable academically under any sort of fair premise well, I'm not really open to the evidence either, because even if they came out with some convincing meta-analysis that suicide rates go down after gender transition, I'm still not convinced that that is what is best for the, the children. Well, yeah, and my point, obviously, you're entitled to that to that judgment. You're right. Um, I am saying that if you can show me that that this produces positive health outcomes decisively, conclusively, I want to see that. Yeah. I'm not saying it makes it means that. I'm going to take my kid in for the same treatment very soon, mm-hmm. but I want to know what the actual evidence is. They just say this though. All, all the experts, if you're not skeptical of the phrase, all the experts agree by now, I, I don't know what to tell you because they yeah. just, they make that claim and they cite nothing. Well, right. the experts agree. Well, who, who parents your kid? You or the experts or the experts. Right. Uh, anyway, um, that's all I have to say about this. You want to talk a, a little Katanji? Sure. Well, uh, it was a uh, foregone conclusion, but it was a historic one. Nonetheless, on Thursday, the Senate voted 53 to 47 to confirm the nomination of Biden's black chick pick for Supreme Court, Katanji Brown Jackson. And it was also historic, as the Babylon Bee notes, because she is the first ever non-biologist confirmed (laughs) to the Supreme Court. Round of applause. A big day for the gender confused and for high school dropouts. Yeah, really. As expected, Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski joined all Democrats in supporting Jackson. That was that's what made it a 53-47 vote. Romney was the only Republican senator to stay on the Senate floor and clap which somehow became a huge controversy. I guess Republicans were supposed to stay and clap for the confirmation of a justice they opposed. So they were supposed to sit there and say, I don't think this woman is worthy of the Supreme court, but I will clap for her now being seated on the Supreme court. That's the logic, I guess. Jen Saki, hacky Saki said, uh, it was a joyous <laughs> day for everyone. Uh, at the White House, in fact, um, it was so joyous that everyone was ugly crying uh, at the White House festivities. 
It was a very emotional day in the White House, a, a joyful day, a day we celebrated, a day many of us were ugly crying on the White House South Lawn, <laughs> just celebrating this remarkable woman uh, who is making history, but she is also so qualified uh, to serve on the Supreme Court. Ugh. Well, um, it sounds meaningful, but in fairness, I don't think many people at the White House are capable of pretty anything. So ugly crying, ugly everything might just be the default for most of the faces that you see in that particular facility. Ugh, women in government, good Lord. Katanji Brown Jackson is so, so, so qualified, except for the fact that she doesn't take a position on natural rights, which is the philosophical basis for our country, except for the fact that she routinely let some of the worst criminal abusers in the country slap on the wrist. Yeah. Mostly off the hook, except for the fact that she doesn't even have the courage to say what makes her the woman who supposedly is this historic woman on the Supreme court in the first place. Biden gave a speech out on the white house lawn. And he said, um, uh, he said that the questions that were given to Katanji Brown Jackson at her confirmation hearing were were abusive. They were vile. He says he knew that the process was going to be tough, but Jackson was subjected to, uh, I guess, what was just historic unfairness in the questions that were asked to her. I knew it wouldn't be easy, but I knew the person I nominated will be put through a painful and difficult confirmation process. But I have to tell you, what Judge Jackson was put through was well beyond that. There was verbal abuse, the anger, the constant interruptions, the most vile, baseless assertions and accusations. In the face of it all, Judge Jackson showed the incredible character and integrity she possesses. Uh, she Does was anybody asked- remember Kavanaugh? Anybody remember what he had to go through? <laughs> Not only that, but uh, Joe Biden was chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee for Clarence Thomas. Oh, my gosh. That's right. What the hell are you talking about, dude? Uh, Jackson was asked about her judicial record, period. She was asked about the sentences for these um, these child porn offender cases that she oversaw. She was asked about some other things related to a school on which she sits on the board and some of the racial lesson plans and books that are taught there. And of course, she was asked about her legal philosophy. A lot of these questions she refused to even answer. Nobody brought up personal dirt on her at all. Did anyone accuse her of being a gang rapist? Did anyone accuse her of being a a sexual harasser? None of that stuff. Uh, For Joe Biden to act like this was some historic indecency, you have got to be kidding me, dude. And and Biden had more to say at at the speech. Uh, He, of course, couldn't help stumbling all over himself again. He says... America can be described in a single word. And then he stammered, he stammered and muttered and failed to say what exactly that word is before moving into a bizarre story about an experience that he had with the Chinese president. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, 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 excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping traveling with them. I guess we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. What was he even trying to say? <laughs> when freedom? You th- when you think America, you might think freedom. You might think stars and stripes. You might think bald eagles. But I think huggity boogity boo. Okay. The story uh, wasn't even true. Well, yeah. The, we'll get, the, the story was, in fact, uh, an embellishment at best. Another, another lie at worst. But did you uh, catch... 
Kamala Harris's expression in the yeah, background like, when he said that. This edit courtesy of uh, the Babylon Bee. I was in the foot him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping. I was in the foot him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with <laughs> Xi Jinping. I was in the foot him. Uh, foot, <laughs> foot, it's the nod. It's yeah. the nod that's hilarious there. Fuck, I'm going to be president. <laughs> In case you are wondering, as you asked, the completely unrelated uh, uh, unrelated word to describe America, at least unrelated to this story about Xi Jinping, uh, Joe was getting to this. The word is possibilities, according to, to a say? tweet later. The word that describes America is possibilities. He so says in America, so, 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 everyone should be able to go as far as their hard work and God-given talent will take them even to the Supreme Court with a picture of Katanji Brown Jackson. That's right, because Katanji Brown Jackson was selected for her hard work and talent first. Right. If um if that was actually the first criteria, Joe, why did you say other things were the first criteria when you exactly. made the promise and the announcement? Yeah. yeah, we will get a black woman in here. And uh, in her speech... Katanji Brown Jackson thanked Obama for first nominating her to federal district court. Uh, so the newly confirmed black justice thanks the black former president for nominating her to a judgeship right beside the black vice president. The systemic racism was palpable. You could just feel it in the <laughs> just nothing but racial bias on everyone's mind. You mentioned that the story about Xi Jinping is uh bullshit i guess this isn't even the first time he's told the story because the the fact checks are old it's another biden classic revisited fact check false yeah a white house official conceded that biden's line of traveling with xi is not accurate this was a reference to the total travel back and forth both internally in the u.s and china as well as internationally for meetings that they held together some travel was in parallel some was separately to joint destinations. We tried our best. We couldn't get to 17,000 miles. His story sounded to me like he was saying something like Xi Jinping and I once hiked 17,000 miles through yeah, the Himalayan really. foothills. Yeah. And what he meant apparently is in total for the meetings that we've ever had, we have traveled a combined 17,000 miles independently. What? I, I don't even. And that doesn't how, even count. I don't understand the point of that and how it relates to Katanji Brown Jackson's confirmation either. This is a bigger achievement than when I traveled 17,000 miles with Xi Jinping that one time. Okay. So surprise, surprise. It's not even a true story, but um, nope. the, uh, the Washington dementia might get worse. Don't get your hopes up now, but the rumors are true. Nancy Pelosi has tested positive for coronavirus this on Thursday. A statement from her office, uh, unfortunately, disappointingly, says she is asymptomatic. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm thankful. She's thankful for the robust protection that the vaccine has provided. Whatever. I'm just kidding. I wish nothing but a healthy recovery for the Speaker of the House. If COVID yeah. doesn't kill Nancy Pelosi, then it doesn't exist. This is like when Chris Christie got it. Yeah, it's like if Chris yeah. Christie's he fine, like 400 pounds. we're going to be fine. All right. Several other lawmakers have experienced so-called breakthrough infections in recent weeks, which is, of course, a misnomer term since the shot does not mitigate transmission, according to not me. The CDC says that. So we're still going to call him Nancy Pelosi has a breakthrough infection. OK. Uh, the White House denies that Joe Biden was a close contact of Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is following CDC guidance for quarantining now. 
But people are wondering, well, is the president at risk? Because after all, when Obama came back to the White House earlier in the week, there's Nancy Pelosi just before testing positive, kissing Joe Biden on the cheek. The White, the White House says Biden tested negative afterward and does not need to quarantine because he's not considered a close contact with Nancy, despite this image of Nancy kissing Joe right before she tested positive. Asked how Joe and Nancy could possibly not be close contacts given this embrace. Jen Psaki says the CDC's definition says it's only close contact if the two parties are within six feet of each other for 15 minutes. This what? doesn't count. I guess they must have updated. That's the policy now. But anyway, Jen's premise is um, we always go with the CDC definitions and the CDC's guidance. Okay, well, then why was Kamala Harris not wearing a mask while presiding over the Katanji Brown Jackson vote inside the Senate chambers on Thursday? Because current CDC guidance says even vaccinated people like the vice president who are exposed to someone who is corona positive like Nancy Pelosi should wear a mask for 10 days went around others. Kamala did not do that. But that's because, according to Jen Psaki, this was a historic moment. This is the historic moment exception. How can you guys say that President Biden was not a was not a close contact with Speaker Pelosi when there is video of the speaker kissing him? Well, Peter, the way that it is defined is by the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, and their definition of it is 15 minutes of of contact within a set period of time. It did not meet that bar. Is there a carve out in CDC regulations for COVID for vice president? Tell me more, Peter. I'm sure this is going somewhere. Let's well, see. You know, what C- do you got for me on a Friday? The CDC says for people exposed to COVID up to date on their COVID-19 vaccinations, do not go to places where you are unable to wear a well-fitting mask. So why is she here at the White House today giving the new Supreme Court justice a big hug yeah, with really. no mask? You mean when she gave her a, mask, a hug outside we before they went up? wearing a mask yesterday at the Senate. So she was uh, playing an important role in in confirming or overseeing the confirmation of the first black woman at the Supreme Court. Uh, yeah. Duh. That's a well-known CDC exception. If you're overseeing a historic moment related to black women matter. being yeah. put in a new position, masks, you don't need them. God. It's okay, Jen Zaki. It's, well, everybody. It's okay just to say that the CDC is bullshit. We all know yeah. you can just say, just say it. that the CDC is bullshit. I'd respect her more. The lies went further than that, though. Saki said... um, in part that, well, it was fine because um, Kamala Harris was wearing a mask inside prior to going outside at the Katanji Brown Jackson celebration. We know she wasn't inside the Senate chamber, but Saki said she was at the White House. The White House's own photography shows otherwise. None of these Corona exposed people were wearing masks inside the Oval Office, in fact. So join us, Jen. Just say, just, just say it. The CDC is bullshit and nobody cares. I, I can see it in your mind. I know you're thinking it. If you're wondering, by the way, both cases and deaths remain uh, at national lows not seen since the summer last summer before Delta and Omicron, and they continue to decline. Uh, Now, another Corona topic um, I wanted to get into, because uh, if we don't have massive numbers of the virus anymore, we're learning more about the massive fraud numbers uh, that um, that have um, collected over the, the last couple of years. I'm talking about the financial fraud, of course, as in the the money that was fraudulently claimed or stolen during all the various government handouts of the last two years. 
This week, NBC reported that over $200 billion <laughs> of just pandemic-related state unemployment benefits have been outright stolen through fake claims. So this does not include fraud related to stimulus checks, which you can bet is very high. This does not include Yikes. fraud related to forgivable business loans, which we know is very high. In California, there were businesses started on the premise of helping people claim the, these forgivable business loans fraudulently. They were lined up outside in person. <laughs> Here, create a fraudulent LLC and cash in. Yikes. So none of this is included in that figure. This only includes unemployment fraud. And remember, over the last couple of years, there was federal supplementation for many months. So unemployment that states already had and the federal government tacked on, I think it was 600 extra bucks a month or something like that, such that many people on unemployment were making more money not working than they were before the virus when they were working. One of the many problems we created, and that's even if the people were being honest in making their claims. A lot of them weren't honest, as noted in the piece, which we'll get to in a moment. $200 billion dollars is more than all the revenues of Google's parent company, Alphabet Inc., in some recent years. They're right about Jeez. at $200 billion in total revenue as one of the country's biggest mega corporations. That's how much, not just how much spending we did, how much was straight up stolen under yeah. fraudulent terms. An entire Google of fraud <laughs> we made. Like That's mind-blowing. Investigators believe in some states, unemployment claims were fraudulent in up to three quarters of the cases. And it's Man. it's not like these are sophisticated operations. Like so, a lot of times the stories are healthcare workers stealing the identities of people who died or nursing home workers stealing the identities of their elderly patients, things like yeah. that. That's a little more sophisticated. A lot of them are just straight up made up nonsense. People were claiming cash under names like poopy britches. And many of the beneficiaries are foreign. Get a load of this story. It's unbelievable. Crooks stealing billions in pandemic related state unemployment benefits. Claims being made in the names of inmates, death row people, dead people, fake people. Sacramento District Attorney Anne-Marie Schubert. Is this a fleecing of America? It's the biggest fleecing of America I think we'll ever see. California is ground zero with an estimated 20 to 30 billion dollars in fraud in just two years. That's equal to almost 10 percent of what California state agencies spent last year stolen. Who's behind it? Everyday Americans and criminals, even overseas crime syndicates cashing in on pandemic unemployment assistance. Many filing obviously fake claims using aliases like Minnie Mouse, Poopy Britches and John Doe. I can tell you that in some states we saw as many as three out of four applications for some of the federal programs were very likely fraudulent. 75%? 75% in certain states. A lot of people may think that, you know, unemployment insurance fraud is kind of a victimless crime. You're just taking money from the government. Well, ask, ask anybody on the other side of a handgun, particularly, or an automatic weapon or an AR-15 that's been purchased with unemployment insurance fraud. Ask them that that's a victimless crime. The experts believe the scale of this fraud is expected to surpass $200 billion. That's the amount of money that Google's parent company made worldwide last year. You guys. Yikes. That was uh, that's the D.A. in Sacramento. I think that's the same woman who was pleading with the California Parole Board last year not to or earlier in the year not to release the Sacramento shooter guy. But 
on that topic, it's hilarious. First of all, who says well, a lot of people think this is a victimless crime? You're just taking money from the government. Who says that? Show I me one heard person make that claim. Yeah, nobody says that. But then for the DA to go, well, what if they buy an AR with the money? I don't. That's give, your I biggest give, concern. <laughs> do not give two shits what they buy with the money. Where did the government get that money? Yeah, they got it. Through either stealing directly from our wallets in the form of taxation. We're paying for this, yes. Or they stole it from your future by borrowing it. Or they stole it from your savings by devaluing your savings by printing more money. Exactly. There is no situation in which this is not theft. If they got an AR out of the deal, that's... Hey, great job. That's a cool thing you could buy, I guess. Uh, I know. To me, that's like better. (laughs) I respect you more. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, And the fact that they're foreign, too. I mean, I... To be fair, I don't know if Poopy Bridges is actually a Chinese operative, but the fact that someone is looking at applications that say Poopy Bridges or money that is being sent to foreign countries, yeah. enemies of ours, uh, again, just keep this in mind the next time that we're sold the nonsense that these people will help us in tough times. They took your money that you needed. They gave it to Poopy Bridges in China. <laughs> And the guy literally wrote Poopy Bridges Ching Chong on the application, okay? Like, this is real. And we're supposed to believe that these are the these are our government saviors who are going to help us through tough times. So no, they're morons. All they're good at is stealing from you. Never forget. They're not even that good at, at that. Well, they, they did they it. If they were really serious about theft, they wouldn't also be uh, simultaneously causing inflation. Well, but that, that's all that is, is another form of, I guess... The point they're devaluing the money that they've stolen. Yeah, but if you can steal infinitely, you'll always have more money than the plebs. We're going to have like a one trillion dollar note like Zimbabwe. Yeah, but if you're the elite who has the a hundred trillion dollar bills, then you're still in better shape. I guess. (laughs) Yeah, maybe if they if they actually devalue themselves out of the game, that will be justice. Maybe. But the problem is they can't do that without devaluing everybody else into absolute poverty. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm just going to change my channel name to Poopy Bridges now. I just, I love it. I that. like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go back to having a, an online alias. <laughs> it's too late now, Matt <laughs> yeah, Christensen. I, I know. I know. I can't go back. But if I was restarting, it'd be Poopy Bridges. Okay. Time for the, uh, the hoax hate. Mm-hmm. And now the nobody saw it happen but it's totally a product of trump's america hoax hate crime of the week ah shit it's backwards you think they'll notice i mentioned it was something of a quiet week in the hoax hate world so no backward swastikas this week but there was a new development in the one hate hoax to rule them all. Jussie Smollett, of course, was released from jail a few weeks ago, as we discussed, pending the appeal of his conviction in his 2019 MAGA country hoax. This week, he released new music to celebrate his freedom and slam his critics and raise money for important charities. This was posted on Jussie's Instagram account. It's called Thank You, God. They help me. You're not solving a crime. Taking out the elements of race and trans and homophobia that straight taking lives. But turn around and act like I'm the one that killed the strides. Maybe we stick together 
Maybe we read more of these Instead of saying that it's above me now Rather you sure You think I'm stupid enough To keep my reputation Just simply to look like a victim Like it's something fun I better look at someone else The wrong one Thank you Of course, I added the uh, the suicidal soundbite, not Jesse. But wow, he raps like a white person. Not not great rapping, you know. I don't think his singing voice is the worst. It's not what I would listen to. But the guy can sing, I guess. To be fair, but the, the rapping is sort of weird. I, I love the accusation. Why don't you guys? Why don't you guys read a book? Yes, that's the problem. We're not educated yeah, really. enough to see the intricacies of how you were victimized. I get it. As you saw at the end, uh, all the profits from this song will go to charities. Jokes on the charities, though. I bet the uh, money raised from the sales or plays of this track on Spotify will not be disclosed publicly. It doesn't look like there's going to be high revenues <laughs> to be distributed. The charities are the Rainbow Push Coalition, which is Jesse Jackson's social justice organization. Interestingly, the Rainbow Push Coalition was also involved in the 2006 Duke lacrosse rape hoax. They oh, paid, no. They paid the accuser Crystal uh, Mangum's tuition. So great charitable cause to, you know, uh, to <laughs> rectify uh, assuredly real injustices, the Rainbow Push Coalition. STB for Secure the Bag Safety, which is some sort of self-defense organization for black and trans people. Uh, and ironically, the other charity is the Illinois Innocence Project, which, of course, works to exonerate wrongfully convicted people. And we're supposed to believe that has nothing to do with Jesse. It's just, hey, buy my song or listen to it on Spotify. The profits will go to charity. And that charity definitely doesn't come right back to me just so I can virtue signal about how wow. good of a person I am. Good Lord, he's really going down with the ship. We'll see if I... Uh, he actually does that. But as I mentioned, I don't think there's a lot of money at stake here. If you go to Spotify and I'm sure it's available elsewhere, but Spotify is a major distributor of this. The song, thank you, God. As of this afternoon, had like 5,500 listens. OK, I don't know what Spotify pays out. Yeah, because I'm not I don't know. I mean, I don't know how all the advertising and stuff works there, but uh 5500 plays is not going to be some pay some payday for jesse smollett and these charities those yeah. profits are going to be sparse if you're uh, if you're curious about the lyrics the choir in the song is singing thank you god for showing me my enemies some of jesse's lyrics include you got all these meme makers joking that my life is fake but that don't change the fact that all my stuff is corroborated what <laughs> I like the beat. The it's, yeah, it's got a great rhythm. <laughs> the uh, the lyrics I, I looked, they do not specify any um, particular part of his stuff that is corroborated. As far as I'm aware, there's zero corroboration to Jesse's story by anybody else or a single piece of evidence. In fact, Jesse didn't even corroborate Jesse's story. He changed it several times. Remember, his original story was I was attacked by at least one white guy. And then at trial, it yeah, became, yeah. no, the Osendairo brothers actually did attack me because they suddenly became jealous and homophobic. That's why. Jesse then criticizes law enforcement, saying they are hellbent on not solving the crime, taking out the elements of race and trans and homophobia that's straight taking lives. How? How? Do you think, 
Yeah, it, uh, well, it's the it's the epidemic of trans murders, as we talk about frequently. Do you think that's an intentional pun? Taking out the elements of race and trans and homophobia that's straight taking lives. Is he accusing straight people of committing? Oh, yeah, that didn't occur to me. Maybe. Violence. How do we know? Do we have good statistics of trans on trans or homosexual on homosexual violence? I don't uh, I don't know. Nope. How, these, how do these demographics break down? And just the classic line in there, we heard it. You think I'm stupid enough to kill my reputation? Jesse asks. Yes, yes. I'm clearly stupid enough to think that, but I think it's a lot less stupid than to believe your preposterous story as told. Preposterous story. It'll never die, though, man. I, you know, it's, I thought it was going to end hoax hate forever. It clearly has not. And not only that, it hasn't even died in the mind of Jesse Smollett himself. He can't let it go. Absolutely dominated and haunted by his own fiction. What a... What a bizarre existence this man has now. How long are we going to have to do hoax hate forever? No, it's it's uh, you can't erase hoax hate from this show. It's it's this, it can never go away. That's disappointing. And right behind it is hoax uh, or is surprise cringe. I have some for you. If I you're ready. saw. No, I'm never ready. Okay. Well, here's some surprise cringe of a somewhat similar theme. The younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country to discover himself. He found people who understood his struggles. There he realized why he never felt right in his body. Among diverse and accepting people, he found the freedom to finally name the longing in his heart and become who she was always meant to be. May God okay. smite us. May God smite us all for allowing this cultural rot to destroy our <laughs> nation. As the best Twitter reply says, is this the Zoom choir of Sodom and Gomorrah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it is not. It is the Trans Visibility Day service with the St. Paul Trinity Anglican Church in Essex, Ontario. That's the worst thing I've ever seen. The story is a modified version of the biblical parable of the prodigal son. This is a story in the book of Luke in which a son wastes his inheritance from his father and returns home to unexpected welcoming. Uh, the point of this, uh, the lesson of the parable is to, it's to illustrate the point that God waits for humans to realize what they have done uh, wrong and then ask for forgiveness before he welcomes them back. In this version, the son apparently leaves to discover that he's a tranny and returns home to the same holy blessing. God help uh, us apparently. all. Uh, the song is a modified version of an Irish hymn called uh, Be Thou My Vision, which is uh, uh, some sort of plea for heavenly guidance. In this version, it is a celebration of a God of many genders. And um, all I can say is that as a person who is uh, searching for faith, in uh, many different places as maybe these people are. If these people get into heaven and I burn in hell, I'm going to be really I pissed swear. off. I'm going to be really mad. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was the, show that to me. That was the trans day, of, me? trans day of visibility service. Just as God intended. It seems. <laughs> Any additional commentary? Protestant nonsense. All right. 
Well, I'll try to find you a Catholic one next time. Oh, that would be even worse. <laughs> I have to convert again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, time for the movie review. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 1957 crime drama classic 12 Angry Men in which 12 jurors deliberate in the murder trial of an 18-year-old young man. Only one defends his innocence and slowly but surely persuades the others to acquittal. From movie picker Amanda, a classic in its own right, this movie is the epitome or epitome of what I consider to be a near-perfect script. With a simple premise, it does a fantastic job across barely 96 minutes exploring the nature of regular people and how they interact with each other. It's got fantastic dialogue and wonderful acting with 99% of the movie taking place in one room. It is a classic for a reason and a bonus for Blonde. No women in this one. It's true. Uh, As always, your thoughts and your rating. Okay. All right. Uh, As much as I wanted to love this movie for its absence of women and compelling dialogue. I, I just thought it was straight propaganda, 1957 Mm. style propaganda. So the good stuff, um, I like this, this exhaustive deliberation over the standard of reasonable doubt. That's really important. And I think that even jurors forget it. Something reasonable doubt is the standard. Um, jurors should not be flippant about their duties. They should understand the importance of, the importance of their deliberation while acknowledging that all of us are going to come to the jury room with a certain level of personal bias. And you have to, you have to accept that and acknowledge that and do a good job of assessing your ability uh, to be unbiased while dealing with your own biases, if that makes any sense. Um, But the bad, it seemed that this bias, particularly of juror three, what was his name? Lee J something. Which one the was actor. he? I don't remember them. By he's the big number. angry. Oh, he's the guy, guy, the last guy to switch. Last guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, who was estranged from his only, from his son. I felt like this only went in one direction. There was so much um, commentary on this minority kid, uh, you know, like coming from a hard life. And is this just, is this just our own biases that we're just expressing our own biases? Like there was a substantial amount of evidence in the case. There were there were two eyewitnesses. I know eyewitness testimony is is fallible, but two eyewitnesses, and then I hated this explanation that it was just some old man who who had a boring life. Uh, I was like that. I find that insufficient to totally ignore an eyewitness testimony, and then the the knife and everything like that, and the motive. It's like, well, there's there's is a substantial amount. Is is there reasonable doubt in this case? Probably, but I don't think that the reasonable doubt um, should have been introduced in such a way that was almost completely based on like his minority status and the suggestion from Henry Fonda, who's a fucking communist, by the way, I think he's dead, but communist. He he died. I looked it up. He died before we were ever even born. Oh yeah. He must be dead. This was 1957 and he was what? Like 40 in this. Okay. Yeah. He died in 82. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You know, he was an actual communist. I I didn't know that, but I, to be honest, I liked his performance in this movie, but, uh, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised to learn that. Um, so, so it bothered me. I mean, I think that juror number three actually calls them bleeding hearts at one point. 
Um, and then the only time they really pushed back is when that one juror to Henry Fonda was like, uh, listen, suppose that you let this kid out and he really did do it and he, and he's a reoffending criminal. Like, what about that? Yeah. What about that? Um, so yeah, I, I like this one room thing. I like the dialogue. I found it riveting, but this was, it was propaganda, right? Mm. Three out of five. Okay. You you rated it as three out of five. I, uh, I have a similar perspective, but for somewhat different reasons. And actually this was one of those movies where I was honestly, part of the problem was I watched it when I was tired and I had to because of time constraints in my life. It's a bad movie to watch when you're tired because I did get pretty damn bored, but it's the sort of movie that fulfilled my criteria for what I consider to be a good movie, which is how much did I think about it later? And in this case, I did think about it a lot later. And as I sat down to write the review, I thought about it even more. And I talked myself into a higher rating than I sat down with the intent to give it. So I actually did um, sit down with the intent to give it a three like you. But I talked myself Mm. into a four Ah. for several reasons. Um, Just to comment on on a lot of the things that I think are are worthy of thought uh, in this movie um, it's it's fundamentally obviously about a it's a movie about the power of one and and what the power of one person who is willing to stand up against the mob in pursuit of what's right uh, in pursuit of his conscience that person can persuade the entire mob to his side if it's done well which I think is a great testimony to the obligation for all of us if we're trying to be moral actors to stand up against the mob for moral righteous purposes. And you can make the case that juror number eight, which is Henry Fonda's character, does that. Um, You can make the case that maybe he doesn't, which you sort of got at. And I want to talk about more. But that's the other side of this power of one that's very interesting in in the way that, well, it's successful in standing up for what we're supposed to believe is a righteous cause in this case. Yeah. It's also just as successful in corrupting an entire group of people who maybe had it right, but were persuaded by the convictions the stronger convictions of someone who maybe has bad motives or bad reasoning. What I thought was fascinating. I, I don't know if juror eight, who, which is uh, Henry Fonda's character. I don't know if he's right or wrong about this case, which is. And I like that they did not illuminate that a little. I'm kind of frustrated by that, to be honest. But the takeaway oh, to really? me in this, you had one juror when they first go around to explain why they think, why everyone thinks he's guilty. There's one juror who says something. The quote is, it's hard to put it into words. I just think he's guilty. I thought it was obvious from the word go. Nobody proved otherwise. Yeah. It was a bunch of people who did not have well thought out opinions and were taking cues from others. And the takeaway from this movie is that obviously the truth matters, but man, even the truth will fall victim without proper leadership. Mm-hmm. It was the leadership of juror aid, Henry Fonda's character that flipped this. And that's why it's so important we talk about these themes on this show all the time. It's like, is it enough to just sit back and be left alone? I think that's the dream for so many people, myself included. That's what I want. However, if we don't assume leadership roles in the way that Henry Fonda's character did in this movie, someone does and they'll guide the ship toward bad outcomes. Right. So is Henry Fonda the good guy or the bad guy? There's a debate there, but, but the, the takeaway is that leadership matters. And if we don't step up to exhibit good leadership, Bad leadership can win the day. Yeah. Um, 12 Angry Men, as uh, Amanda mentioned, and as you kind of uh, mentioned, I, I, there are no female characters. And I was 
curious uh, if that was a deliberate decision by the writer or if that was just the norm of the time. Uh, the 19th Amendment was obviously ratified in, in uh, 1920, but at the time of that ratification, only 12 of 48 states called women for jury duty. So but that that sort of uh, that advanced after the 19th Amendment. At the time the movie was made, there were three states that still prohibited women from jury duty, Alabama, Mississippi mm. and South Carolina. And a lot of these states, um, it wasn't just because that just because women were allowed on juries didn't mean that every jury was 50 50. Of course, there were special exemptions for women and special uh, maybe even obstacles in certain cases. Right. But it the point that I'm making is that women on juries was somewhat commonplace at the time this movie was made. And yet it was decided that it would be 12 angry men. And I, I just think that decision was probably deliberate as opposed to more of a norm. And I just wonder if there was a reason for that. I don't have an answer for that. I'm just kind of speculating, but how would the movie have changed if it was 11 angry men and one hysterical chick or 12 <laughs> premenstrual females? What if, what if we did that movie? Uh, would the outcome be the same if the facts were the same? Just things to, again, just ways the movie made me think that I appreciated um, things. I, I wouldn't even say that bothered me, but sort of frustrated me. Um, yeah. It's this question that you're getting at. We were, we're on a similar line of thinking there is that was justice served or not? Yeah. And I'd kind of like to, I understand that the writer, the, the writer in my mind, it seems that the ambiguity was the intent that you didn't want to get, a clean answer on did this kid commit the murder or not? You're supposed to evaluate that for yourself. Mm-hmm. But um, almost every juror went to the deliberation room persuaded of that kid's guilt. Yeah. Or the kid as he's called in the movie. There's probably a good reason why I wish I could get the same case presented by the prosecutor. I feel like we got a skewed presentation of it to the point that you're making. And, and as you mentioned, the evidence that's presented is this. So there was, just hours before the murder, the kid was heard uh, loudly arguing with his father and he yelled something to the effect, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Okay. An elderly man in the adjacent apartment testified that he saw the kid run away, as you mentioned. So mm-hmm. there's witness one. A woman who lives across the street from the murder testified that she actually saw the kid stab his father to death through the windows of a, a passing train. Uh, elevated train. So that's witness number two. And of course, Henry Fonda questions her with her glasses and all that. But witness number two. The kid's alibi at the time doesn't really hold up. He says he was watching a movie that he can't name anything about. The murder was a switchblade knife that by the kid's own admission was identical to one that he owns. And And that he said it it bored a hole and fell out of his pocket when he was walking home. Yes. So as juror eight, Henry Fonda's character argues, each one of these pieces can be explained away as coincidence individually, and it can be plausible. But again, when you're talking about a standard of reasonable doubt here, reasonable doubt in this case would mean every single one of those pieces is wrong coincidentally. I actually don't think that that's reasonable doubt. I am more inclined to believe that the jury got this wrong. If I was sitting on a jury and all of these pieces of evidence were presented to me, I don't think I could honestly say it's reasonable to believe that all of those things are sheer coincidence. Coincidences, yeah. So... I, I, I think that, I, and I don't know, I don't know if the writer was intending for the jury to get it wrong or for us to think about it this much. Maybe, maybe I'm overthinking it, but again, I just, I appreciate any movie that gets me evaluating it after the fact as this one did. Yeah. Only other thing I'll say negative. Um, 90 minutes is a long time to sit in a single room with the production value of a high school play. Oh, I liked that. If you just have to be in the right mindset for it. If I went into it, like not tired, 
with the energy to put to put the attention to it that it needs, I would have enjoyed it in the first viewing more. Yeah. And so if anybody's thinking about checking it out, I would just say that you don't go in expecting scenery or action or other things that are going to hold your attention from moment to moment. You have to be willing to put forth the mental energy to really actively listen to every piece of the dialogue. That's how this movie is enjoyed. Yeah. So even though I sat down thinking this is probably a three because, you know, I it was OK, but I wouldn't watch it again. The more I thought about some of the complexity of the the plot and the writing, the more I appreciated it. So I bumped it up to a four because it did what I say makes a good movie, which is get me okay. to think about it later. The audience uh, in the early vote here is actually um, 38% of the early vote gives it a five. Hmm. 36% of the early vote gives it a four. And the vote, the early vote is actually in the perfect five, four, three, two, one order. So yeah, a lot of enjoyment okay. for this movie. I hear you. Uh, the list was, as far as the, the movie next up, the list was rejected last week. The audience picked a randomly selected top rated movie instead. So it is Rocky from 1976. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. I just I, watched it. <laughs> I have not seen. Well, maybe you don't have to watch it again then. I don't know. Um, I've not seen it, but of course I'm generally familiar with it. It'll be a good one to watch. After that, uh, April's nominations are from listener Amanda and Amanda's nominations are still eligible for one week of voting. So the nominations will remain the same this week until they refresh next week for May. The nominations are pitch black. Oh brother, where art thou? Apollo 13, the iron giant, true grit and Spider-Man into the spider verse. If any of those picks excite you. Uh, you'll want to head over to the review page to vote for them because they're gone after this week. And if you hate those movies, you don't want to see any of them and you want another random pick, head on over and vote for a random selection instead as well. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do that is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and over on the website. The homepage of the website, that is. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. And that will do it. All right. Catch up with our chatters. Okay. Uh, You want me to do some YouTubes? Yeah, if you got them handy, go for it. I do. Oh, Daniel Zermano. I've been watching for years. It all began for me with Blonde's Libtard video. Thank you, you two. Keep up the great work. That was seven years ago. That was, uh, wasn't that your original Twitter handle was Libtard? Libtard America or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. How far yeah. we've come. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someday. Maybe. Well, with this Elon, that was one of the things I thought about talking about tonight and um, did not just because I don't know that it's going to matter that much, but the Elon Musk trolling of Twitter has been quite enjoyable, but maybe yeah. Elon Musk will restore your Twitter account. You can come I back. I don't know. I don't care. I'm pretty happy with no social media, despite yeah. making a career in social media. Um, Boogie Man says, "Cheers, to my favorite podcast duo. Thank you, thank you, Liberty Bell. At this point, it is believable that the geniuses in our government would fall for an online Ming Dynasty pyramid scheme run by a 1970s pimp named Pookie living in Detroit. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you've caused you, lung, you've caused blonde to hack up a lung." <laughs> 
she has to mute herself so i will uh take over but yeah i could certainly believe you know that sounds like a great trolling opportunity for you liberty bell i think you should pursue it and uh if you're able to achieve this uh send the notes of success my way i'm gonna read it over on tippy stream lindsey graham the real senator from south carolina super chats and he says uh nancy had a trip set for taiwan Got a phone call from the CCP about her car's extended warranty. Got COVID the next day and could not go to Taiwan. <laughs> Shame. Be not afraid, though. There is hope. And we are the hope. Don't be a cuck. Embrace the white pill. Uh, I, is that story about Nancy true? I, for all, I, I have no idea. Probably. Especially in the super chat and in today's news context. I have no idea what's real and what's not. But that certainly could be true. But the, the latter point about... Um, about hope and white pills and all that, that there is, there is truth to that. And even though the days get um, weirder and darker, I, I do appreciate the reminder. And I try to remind myself, uh, there is a moral obligation for hope. If you, if you truly lose all hope for tomorrow, you have um, you've lost the potential for your life. And therefore you have, um, I, I suppose you've, you've uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You've, I don't know, rejected a moral obligation. You've, you've failed at a moral obligation. I think you've got to always pursue tomorrow to That's the best true. of your ability. That's why people should have kids because then you're obligated. To really forces that. your hand. Yeah, it really <laughs> it, does. It really does. But in a great way, you know, I, I'm not saying that we all need to sit around and, and pretend that tomorrow is so much rosier than it is. But the point is we all have an obligation to do our best to work toward the rosiest tomorrow possible. And when you have uh, when you have one of those little disease buckets that is always infecting you and um, <laughs> the point is, you don't you don't really have a choice. You know, it's like you can't sit around and avoid your obligations because someone is dependent on those obligations. And that's a good thing. Disease bucket is right. That's yeah. exactly what's happening here. Um Gus of the Dork says, Matt and I once made love at the Democratic National Headquarters. I go into details, but shockingly, it was the least disgusting thing that happened to that building. <laughs> That's probably true. Many of those people probably have AIDS. <laughs> das Pooch, happy to help with the fundraiser for Berlin's brother's white family. Also, congrats to her brother marrying a total smoke show. I know Anne is really, really hot. Um, and she's like way younger than he is. <laughs> good for you yeah that is uh that is uh that's high level blonde achievement yeah well yeah he met her when he was like 32 and she was like 19 hmm. and then he just was like i'm gonna marry this chick and then he did and then he just started pumping out kids hmm. i wish i would have done that hand gesture with my brother it's great. um <laughs> i'm sure oh he God. appreciates it <clears throat> he's never watched the show fuck him what he thinks it's weird like watching me I could weird. see that. I could see if you know the person personally, it might be a, a little odd, I suppose. All right. Where, where, I can carry on. Where did I'm sorry. Me, uh, Ninja Kitty, the I'll foxes were not killed. They were late term aborted. I'm gonna have to oh, off thank you for clarifying. That's acceptable in DC, by the way, after those five, uh, it's another story I want to talk about, but um, I'll probably have to fit it in somewhere else. Cause it, it is uh, worthy of discussion. These, um, these five, uh, fetal remains that were discovered by pro-life activists in DC and uh, the DC authorities refused to investigate so far, even to give any sort of autopsy. And it is claimed that they were recovered from some sort of shipping box outside of an abortion clinic. Yikes. Uh, you can find the photos of these fetal remains through live action and other outlets. Uh, it is not for the faint of heart though. I mean, this is horrific. What appears to be late term, 
murder of uh, some of them might have been born alive. It's possible. Yeah. And then killed. It's definitely possible. There's no way that they can, they can know that, but I think that it's a distinct possibility that they were failed abortions. These are fairly advanced develop uh, advanced development. So a horrible story and, and something to keep an eye on. Um, and of course you're not going to get any kind of serious investigation into that as long as Democrats are in power, because that is just constitutional rights that were exercised that day. Yep. Nothing to see here. And the yeah. same thing was done to the foxes. Just the yep, exactly. late term abortion. Late term abortion. Yeah. Mojack 420. I thank the good Lord every day that I'm not David Packman, David Fudgepacker. That's right. <laughs> uh, I don't know too much about him. I, I'm aware of his show, but. We've talked a little shit. A little uh, I've definitely, uh, I talked shit I to him. I can't remember on, why. I talked shit to him on Twitter about Kavanaugh at, during the Kavanaugh hearings because he, I remember he was tweeting about look at this silly fool enraged and just, uh, you know, flailing all over himself. And I responded something like, I can't wait to see you falsely accused of rape and keeping your cool. And then he responded, uh, I thought you guys were against false rape accusations. Yes, I am very astute. Very good observation. You got me. What is he Um, doing these days? Still doing his show. Apparently I actually saw he came over to rumble and and rumble was celebrating that, which I think is interesting. Free speech principles were upheld, which I appreciate. I'm not I'm not a fan of his takes, but um, I like that the I just like when echo chambers are shattered, even if it's by absolute nonsense. I, I'm still going to be in favor of that on principle. Yep. Son of the wolf. Don't you be smirched the good name of Uncle Ted. Everyone should read his manifesto. Guy was way ahead of his time. And That's suited true. to the hills on LSD, a winning combo there. He I'm was saying, ahead of his time. I'm not saying he was way off about everything. I'm just saying his record on postal service safety <clears throat> was not great. Could have improved in that area. A little bit, yeah. Uh, he killed the wrong people, too. Eric Nervik says, I'm willing to bet the first generation immigrants in California will have far less tolerance for street crime than born Californian leftists. Hey. That's a silver lining that I hadn't even occurred to me. I wonder. I guess we're going to find out. I mean, the fact that California remains intact as a political entity, I am yeah. uh, baffled by. But if there's any truth to this, I don't know what the prospect on this immigrant uh, police bill in California. I don't know what the prospect of passing is, but I know that state is controlled by nothing but Democrats. So if it's yeah. Democrat approved, then passed it shall be. But uh, I mean, they just continue to experiment in absolute recklessness. And I know suicidal um, creativity trap to the world illegal as cops means uh the cartels as cops collapsitarians collapses it mean a blank slate the alternative is cartel control and for blonde that means white daughters sold into trapping i don't think the cartel would be able to take over the united states uh not the whole country but could they take over i mean in certain respects they probably have taken over certain localities yeah that's true. Yeah. And and if you have an entire, if you have the largest state in the union giving them political cover, which, you know, I'm not saying that's exactly what's going on right now, but the trajectory is there. Uh, is that completely unreasonable to think? I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's within it's within within the realm of the possible. Yeah, the stranger things have happened. Maddie, go. What's your opinion on Alex Jones? I've been up and down in my opinion of him through the years. Blonde, I heard you call him controlled opposition. Remember when he had you on in the good old 2016 days? Good times. I don't. I don't think I've ever been on Alex Jones. I was that was not me. That was I, and it's definitely not referring to <clears> me because <throat> I I would remember. No, nope. we we've I mean the we've had a, a friendly relationship with Owen Schroyer, but I've never talked to Alex personally. Yeah, I don't think I have either. Um, I don't know. I like the guy. Maybe be maybe controlled opposition. I don't know, but he's sacrificed a lot. 
Controlled it's, opposition typically doesn't have that level of sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, can I, can I didn't, well, can I deny the entertainment factor? Obviously not. I understand why people enjoy listening to this guy. Can I, do I think that he's, well, how do I want to phrase this question? If I were to tune into, if you were to ask me, which would I tune into for gut level, better information between Infowars and say most cable news, but specifically CNN, MSNBC, I'm going oh, to pick yeah. Infowars not Every close. Yeah, yeah. So that is what it is. I, I don't, do I think that I'm going to take everything I hear from Infowars as absolutely true? Of course not. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think that the, the, um, the instincts of Infowars are probably closer to the truth than the instincts elsewhere. For sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, Justin has the most goddamn says, faggy thing you ever seen. <laughs> Mike Lindell should buy Good Pillow, then make Gun Shape Pillows under that business name. Gun Shape Pillows by Good Pillow. I like it. I like it. Person. I think person, that was person. part of the problem. Is I think there was a copyright problem with Good Pillow. One of the reasons it never really copyright or trademark. I can't remember. <laughs> somebody. I think somebody got out ahead of them on the intellectual property of it all. <laughs> that was part of the issue. David Hogg, person, person. Those pillows should have a hidden pad and Glock part compartment too. I like it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the um? What's the guy in Minneapolis who was shot by the no knock raid? He he probably had that pillow. Yeah, really. I already forgot his name. What the hell was? I don't which, remember either. The, the shooting we talked about like a month or two ago. Brianna Taylor. No. Yeah, whatever. Um, I forgot. Phil says, "Come on, blonde. Caring about morality is a white thing. Everyone else is just after resource acquisition." It's to our detriment to keep pretending that this isn't the case for us and our posterity only. We have to care both about morality and resource acquisition. We're white. I think we can do both of these things. <laughs> Why can't we do both? Come on. Well, uh, I think everybody everybody should aim for both, of course. But the, what's the point on the, the point of morality is that it leads to prosperity, is that it leads yeah. to a good life. I understand that we can... You certainly can have momentary disadvantage when yep. you play by the rules and others don't. But the but point the on morality run. is is like long game, moral actors win. Uh, yep. They build prosperous futures for themselves and their family. And trust me, uh, I'm understanding the temptation to experiment otherwise on a daily basis. But, you know, if, I, if, if you lose that moral core and you just you submit and contribute to the moral rot and the anarchy of the world, I just... I don't know. I, I guess I, I do subscribe to the idea and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying every hill is a hill to die on, but there are fates worse there are than some. death. Yeah. And I, and I think some of those fates are becoming number one, a slave, but, but on the other side of it, becoming an enslaver too. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of mm. ways to abuse and be abused that are worse than death. And I think that there are a lot of hills that, that should be died on because they are morally true hills of, of crucial importance. Yeah, but what if you're a benevolent enslaver? Well, I suppose you can make the argument that that's that's better than being benevolently enslaved. Although of if it's benevolent, it maybe is. it works out for everybody. Some people must be enslaved. I don't know. Well, hmm. There is a subpopulation of people that that choose to be enslaved. Look at See, all the COVID nonsense. That's the paradox. It's like the voluntary enslavement, which makes no sense. But right. I I get the concept which is to say i want a master to run my life there are plenty of people of that of perspective people. yeah if you you can't convert those people to independent thinking 
or um, no, you can't, you, you, you cannot do it. Um, so who is going, who's going to control those people? It's either going to be a malicious federal government or a benevolent dictator. This is to the point. I, I don't know that it has to be as far as benevolent dictator, but this is the point I was talking about with 12 angry men. Leadership does matter in that regard. There are yeah. certain leadership roles that I think just will exist necessarily. And if you don't step up to take them, some Someone real piece will. of shit will happily do it. do it. Yeah, exactly. Hillbilly Deluxe. Phil is not the only one defensively, Susan, calling for scalps. Defensive scalpings only. Defensive scalpings, you know, yes. <laughs> Never forget, Blonde called for the scalping of the Ottawa police chief. And Susan said that was Monetized. fine for ads. I said that? Yeah, and it didn't even make sense because you said he it looked like he had a perfect scalp for it. But he's also he has no hair. He's so bald. it was like the That's worst right. so scalp So how would you? Yeah. <laughs> It would be the worst scalp. You wouldn't be able to do it. You'd have to peel yeah. it off like in the way you peel glue off your hand when you're a kid or something. Yeah. Uh, on the topic of scalping, we talk, we've been talking about Yellowstone in 1883 recently. There's a gnarly, oh, no spoilers, but there is a gnarly scalping in 1883. Should we watch. watch 1883? Because we just finished Yellowstone and it sucked my balls. The last season? It The whole series sucked. No, that's not true. Should we watch 1883? Is it better? Um, I like it. I don't like certain things about Elsa's character. Elsa is the daughter of James Dutton, who is the guy who travel. The family travels from Texas to Montana to establish the ranch. Sam um, Elsa, Elliott's in it, right? Yeah, Sam Elliott's in it, and he's good. Oh, and Elsa so is the, hot. Elsa is like the 18, 19 year old daughter. Mm. And this the series largely focuses on her. It's narrated by her. And I'm not a big fan of several of the decisions in the development of her character. She a big slut. Uh, I I won't say anything. It's just just it's a coming of age concept, and I I don't really like the coming of age. So I shouldn't watch it. Is what you're telling me? It's a good show. It's a, and the end made my wife cry in a way I've never seen a TV show make <gasps> her cry. I mean, Did it, she was, ugly cry? it was like a like half. Hour. It was full on Jen Saki ugly cry for like a half hour. Yeah, uh, chimp. In beautiful a bow cry. I know you're listening. This beautiful cry for a half hour. I haven't gotten a text message from her during the show berating me in a while. Oh, well, we'll have to girl make arrangements. Chimp in a bow tie. The FBI can forge evidence to present at FISA court to obtain blanket surveillance of a sitting president without repercussion. A bunch of hicks being set up is just business as usual. Yeah, Ain't that the truth. Fair point. This is the low end of their achievements. Certainly. Yep. Knuckle hunky buck. You don't have to get surgery to be who you are. That's exactly true uh, that's uh it's a good way to phrase it very concise as always knuckle hunky buck uh I, I, I that's another situation in which i'd like them to explain to me another situation explain to me another context in which you need a surgery to be who you are if exactly. you, have a, you have a medically necessary amputation that's for your survival but it's not the mm -hmm. alteration of who you are as a, right. a, a character oh look right blow on. your nose slut how is that <laughs> I know it's, it's a real problem. It's a real, I've been doing my best muting. I know this has probably been annoying. I'm on like the last day of a flu. All right. Everything's coming up. Das Pooch. I'd love to see DeSantis call for an anonymous independent polling of medical and psych professionals on trans healthcare for minors since, you know, most go along with it out of fear. I know. Yeah. That's, that's the other angle. You're right too. It's not just um, the corruption of the, of the medical establishment, but I'm sure a lot of that reality that we saw in coronavirus carries into this environment too. People know that it's bullshit. 
they also know that their job is on the line unless they affirm unless the bullshit. They affirm it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, everyone agrees when you threaten their livelihoods. If they don't, uh, I can't believe it. Surprising. You know. The Simpsons since 1990. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker Jill. This tired, woke bull spit. I've gotten my fill. More rebranding of snacks to appease the unappeasable. Did I you like see it. that news this week? Which news? The uh, Cracker Jacks uh, temporarily rebranded or at least made a side product called Cracker Jills to celebrate women yeah, in sports. That's that's really stupid. Women yeah. in sport, women in baseball. Uh, don't they still have like softball in the Olympics? And there's like girls college know. softball. I don't know. What's the difference between softball and baseball? I don't care. No, don't uh, bigger that. ball, underhanded pitch. So it's easier. In theory, I guess, but those chicks, I don't know. I, I don't think they, they pitch pretty fast. I don't know if I could hit like some of those elite female underhanded softball those lesbian pitchers. balls. Yeah. Those um, lesbian balls. They hit hard. Yeah. Holden Mulray. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ is John. Well, thank you. I, I need to get that I modified. We don't for, know. For Trans uh, Visibility Day. Yeah, really. Hmm. Incompetent hands. Looking real good tonight, Blonde. Hope there's plenty of options on Grubhub and Coeur d'Alene. Thanks for the Sandy Safe Space. And as always, God bless. Thank you so much. I appreciate that people are coming in for somebody that they don't even know. But it is true that, like, without Ryan, this this whole thing just never never would have happened. And I get questions all the time, like, who red-pilled you? It was my brother and he did it and I was just kicking and screaming. I just, I just did not want to fucking hear it for like a long time. And then I was like, fine. There weren't enough joints in the world to stop it. Yeah. I, I had to eventually, I was like 25 oh. and I wasn't, you know, I was a careerist and everything like that. And then he kept sending me like Hartiste articles and like Bruce articles and everything like that. And then he maybe take this, a uh, sexual market value quiz. Wow. Aggressive. Where I scored low. And he's like, you have to get your shit together and get married or you're never going to have what? children. And you, well, this was like what? Your late 20s, mid 20s? Mid 20s. It was already low score by then? Well, I had a like a real independent careerist streak, which knocked wow. off a lot of points. Hmm. Um, but I needed a wake up call or I was going to continue to try to find value through external uh, sources like careers instead yeah. of being a mom. So, yeah, would Emmeline even be here? Um, Ethan Johnson. I've been having issues with the right's obsession with praising and defending police. What will it take to finally abandon the cops? Hard to believe I'm agreeing with the left about uh, ACAB. All, All cops are cops bastards. Are bastards. Yeah. Um, or bad or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I think that this is a problem on the right. I think there are a lot of um, uh, bad people that are the, the police force appeals to you. I think largely they're good people, but... You know, they're like lawyers, like mostly good. And then some pieces of shit that probably define the profession. Yeah, I, I think I'm not denying that there's a certain uh, constituency of uh, back the blue, no matter what type people. I, I don't think yeah. that's quite as broad as maybe we frame it sometimes. Yeah. Um, and just like uh, the police are obviously the mechanism for carrying out the enforcement of the law on the streets. Um, to the extent that we grant that there's a legitimate, that there are legitimate laws to be enforced, I grant the legitimacy of police. But like any institution that has power, 
it's obviously very important for that power to be checked. Yeah. The way you check that power is to keep it exactly. local. Exactly. Keep it local. Once yeah. we've deviated from that, I mean, how about we compromise, Ethan? Um, and all feds are bastards. AFAB. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with you. I'll agree I with you on AFAB. Um, Philosopher King. When's hey, the last time you saw a cool fed? I've, I've, <laughs> never. Well, I don't I know, know how many cool... feds are in my life. That's true. You never know who they are. But, I, but, but I mean, seriously, though, it's like everybody. Well, not I think most people know a local police officer who they think is a totally fine, morally upstanding person who serves the community well. Yeah. How many people know an FBI agent who is a morally upstanding person serving the community well? Yep. Part of their design is that they're supposed to be sort of cloaked and mysterious and yeah. not yeah. obviously yeah. visible. So I don't know. Um, Philosopher King. Hey, Matt and Blonde. Um, I've been a listener since the start of the show. The Republican position on trans minors is interesting Considering the tendency of many religious drag cons to support circumcision, I think that um, that is an excellent point and that it is a sexual alteration uh, of the body of an unconsenting individual. I would argue in many ways that it's worse than this hormone therapy. Um, I can see the parallels. The, the, I think that the difference in sterility, and it's not that there are never bad outcomes w- with circumcision. Right. There are. But in general... Uh, a lot of times the sterilization is an intended consequence of these, these trans um, surgeries. So I think there's a distinction there. I'm not saying it's a totally baseless comparison, but I think that it's, I don't think it's a perfect parallel either, but, but yeah, you're right. Like if you want to explore the, the, the principles at stake here, I think it's fair to call that into question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let me reload really quick. Uh, Uh, Oh, you got it. Based Kion says, just paying the bills. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for keeping Slasher. us on the air. Appreciate it. They'll use things like the 200 billion COVID fraud to push for internal IDs and digital currency from the Fed. That is so true. God. Hmm. Um, Matteo, hey guys, do you ever get the results you want on the internet anymore? Five to 10 years ago, it was the Wild West greatest tool of man to now so frustrating and curated. Might as well listen to NPR for Christ's sake. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's really hard to do medical research to crack, you know, to scratch my OCD itch because <laughs> uh, scientific papers are fucking dog shit now. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of suppression on. Um, well, I, certain search engines are better than others, of course. Um, although didn't uh, DuckDuckGo just had their whole episode the other? Didn't yeah, DuckDuckGo say that they were going to de- de- demote misinformation or some something like that? Like and that? then I they started selling information to third parties. Oh, God, it's like there is no safety. Um, but you notice certain sources, even earlier today, I was trying to find a story, an earlier story on the, the Whitmer kidnapping plot that I remember from a, a lesser known publication. Yeah. Couldn't find it, even though I know the name mm. of the publication. I had to comb and comb and comb. Uh, and it's the stormer that- goes down every, like once a week, I think, <laughs> it on there. God knows. You, you know, it's, it's always hard That's to a problem. Find. How am I going to get my news? <laughs> Um, knuckle hunky buck. When you really think about it, it was pretty cruel of Mr. and Mrs. Britches to name their son Poopy. Yeah. What were they thinking? I know that's, that was really unfair. YB Nick says, is it murder if they're offing themselves? Clearly not. Is this the, uh, the trans trans murder that, that Jesse's talking about? Yep. 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 Uh, Stogies and Boomsticks. Though I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. I do not like the idea of being judged by 12 that are too stupid to get out of jury duty. That's true. Hmm. I've never even been called to jury duty. I have multiple times and I've never got to serve. I've, I've had the worst case scenario both times. 
uh, that I've actually had to go in, which is Ugh. you go in and you sit there and then they tell you, we don't need you. You can go home. And that's happened to me once here. And I've mentioned this before, but I've been called for jury duty in Oakland. I should have got something awesome, but I, yeah. but no, I was let go. I didn't get at like some kind of Oakland gang case, which could have been crazy and cool. You know, if didn't, I didn't tell didn't them about it. my YouTube channel and an Oakland gang case, they could declare a mistrial. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. But this was, um, you got to remember that when I went in, this was like 2011. This was peak good Before boy Democrat me. Peak uh, oh, I would have. B-O-I or B-O-I. I would have been there sitting in the, on that, uh, uh, sitting in that jury and thinking, uh, there's so much systemic racism at play here. <laughs> I can't believe. Poor little Skaggy. <laughs> Trav to the world. Blonde doesn't like 12 angry men because her brain can't grasp the reality of evidence-based reasoning. The suspect isn't a minority. That's Blonde's prejudice creating a narrative. The suspect is a minority. He's Puerto Rican. They show him in the beginning. And then they talk about his underprivileged community and his kind. And then they they make uh, they make racial comments multiple multiple times in the film. They show him yep. in the beginning. He's, he's an obvious minority. I guess I had assumed he was a Hispanic of some sort, but yeah. They never it name was, him, obviously, and they never they never explicitly say. I'm sorry, Trav, to the world that I didn't assume this obvious Puerto Rican kid wasn't white so that I could preempt your criticism. I apologize. Oh, be nice to Trav. Wicked masshole. There have been many <laughs> Trump insider books, but the one I'd pay huge bucks to read would be about his inconsistent endorsement process. They range from Mitt Romney to Joe Kent. Also, vote Barnett 2022. He did have really inconsistent endorsements. Did you see that he endorsed Dr. Oz over the weekend? What? That's a rough one. Trump endorsed Dr. Oz for Pennsylvania Senate. Why? Because of his uh, excellent pro-choice record up until a couple of years ago, because of his actually pursuant to this, I was watching an old episode of Dr. Oz's show in which he. I don't know if it'd be fair to say promoted child transgender services like hormones and surgeries, but he had on multiple parents and trans kids to explain the process. And there wasn't a lot of, it'd be fair to say there was not a lot of serious pushback. I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair to say he said, you should go do this, but he was very open to hearing the thinking behind these ideas. I feel like you're being a little fair, a little too fair. I mean, it's it's not a good look. Let's put it that way. It's it's definitely not a good look, and it's out there. Esoteric Unbound weighing in late due to a system update. The creepiest part of Ginger Pissack's statements <laughs> about the sexual mutilation of kids is that she's a mother of two. Has anyone called CPS? No, they're going to call CPS on people like us. Uh, yes, you. If you don't want your child to uh, to hack it off, then CPS gets called on you, not them doing the hacking. Good Lord. Donate 2K. 5,000 people at the pro-freedom anti-mandate rally at LA City Hall today. Many great speakers among them, among whom was Blonde's favorite bearded Dr. Malone. We're all still fighting. Hmm. I have never seen a hotter man that was controlled opposition than Dr. Malone. Controlled op Santa Claus. Is that what you're going to go with? Yes. He's so hot. I know he's like 70, but (laughs) yeah, into it. I can't believe you can refuse that beard. My mom called me right after that. She's like, he's controlled opposition, but isn't he handsome? Wow. They, like, yes, they selected well. Mm. Rational yeah. orc. I believe policing is one of the top five professions for attracting psychopaths, if I remember correctly, up there with lawyers and journalists. Yes, surgeons are up there too. Yeah, I suppose that would be the counter. I, I, and I'm not even doubting that premise. I'm sure that that, that, uh, that might be accurate. Yeah. But I guess the, the question would be, 
just because a job attracts uh, questionable characters to do it, does that mean the job itself has no legitimacy? Right. And I, I wouldn't say that, but it probably does mean that maybe uh, in selecting candidates for the job, you ought to be extra careful. Yeah, yeah. These days, we um, don't have that luxury, though. That's why we have to hire the the immigrants to do the policing in California. Who the hell wants to move to California to become a cop? I, no, uh, I, I am excited for California to to fall and so we can rebuild, though. I, you yeah, know, I'm a California girl. I, I love California. I did my time there. I'm never going back. It's so but beautiful. I get it. Uh, I mean, like I said, we were talking before. It's one of the few places where you have everything. You've got mountains, you got beaches, you have everything in between. Oh, man. If I could live anywhere in the country, I think I'd live in La Jolla. If everybody in that city were dead. Oh, uh, I don't even know where that is. Is that uh, Southern California? Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's cl- pretty close to San Diego. It's the okay. hoity-toity part of San Diego. I've had uh, great times in Orange County when I've gone. Although the last couple times, or the last time specifically, it was definitely more run down. Yeah. There were a lot more hobos. Um, there were, uh, well, I don't know. There was just a lot of problems that I don't remember in some of my earlier trips. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, but it still costs, you know more than I'll ever make in my entire lifetime to live in like a condo uh, in Orange County, at least anywhere close to the beach. So that's never going to happen. Lindsey Graham says uh, rulers are not leaders. Leaders are the best of us who attempt to raise everyone. Rulers dictate and demand. Don't throw our constitution out with the bathwater. Authoritarianism is not a proper response to authoritarianism. Ask George Washington. Yeah, I would would certainly agree. Um, And I think that's a fair distinction that and and that's you're right to choose the term leader as opposed to ruler um, and I, I think that that's uh, an important difference to recognize and i think that's sort of the lesson that i was taking out of uh, 12 angry men too it's yeah whether henry fonda's character juror eight was right or not um the way he persuaded those people was through a leadership role taken with an appeal to reason and not an effort to sort of force them into his perspective, but to ask them sincere questions, get their, get their minds working and get them to come to that conclusion themselves. And I have questions whether he got it right, but the sort of approach that he took is the approach that we all need to be taking. um, Provided that we are self scrutinizing to make sure that we're not actually letting those damn Puerto Rican murderers (laughs) off the hook. We can't do that. I know. But yeah, thank you, Lindsay. And uh, once again, uh, thank you for taking uh, time away from your uh, important Senate duties to tune into the stream. We appreciate it. All right. We are all set by the look of it on Tippy Stream. Thank you guys on DLive as well. Anything else before we get out of here? No. Thank you guys so much for donating meals to my brother on the meal train. I really appreciate it. Well, that's great. And congratulations to your family as well. That's uh, exciting news. And I'm glad to hear that everybody is healthy. So thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. We appreciate it. Of course, we appreciate your listen. We appreciate uh, your chats. We appreciate your super chats and your support. If you are listening later on demand, thank you kindly for tuning in as well. And remember, if you're looking for more to listen to, you can listen back to the call-in show. You can listen to some of Blonde's interviews. You can, of course, listen to the Sunday show uh, as well over on the audio platforms. They are linked in the description and over on the website. Uh, speaking of, you're looking for anything else show-related, that is also over on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. You'll find everything show-related there. 
Uh, we will be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it is not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Bye, guys.